It's four past six. Good morning, Kiora, and welcome into the show. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and uh, you know it's a special day when the big dog is in the studio. Morning, Izzy. Welcome to welcome to the big smoke. Yeah, good to be here, Rick Dog. Good to see you, brother. Um, yep, be up in the big smoke for a couple of weeks. Plying my trade. It's great to be in the studio. It doesn't get any better than this to be able to be around the team and uh, rip into the big topics. Big topics galore today. It's a I love a Friday as well, mate. When we can head into the weekend, we get to chill out. But how you doing, mate? You've been doing the father duties, running the running the cutter at camp, camp dad, I guess. Camp dad, mate. I tell you, the worst thing about camp, the best thing about camp was seeing you like seeing my daughter (laughs) challenge herself and like you know really do some stuff that she wouldn't normally do, getting muddy and going through confidence courses. Like that stuff was great. The worst stuff. Camp are there, great place, man, great spot. I don't know if you, you know it's out in the Hunua Ranges, sort of southeast of Auckland. But the bunks are made for kids, and they're from the 70s, and the foam mattresses are about two inches thick. And my back did not enjoy that at all. It was like one of those, uh, oh, you probably had this with your leg, mate, so you, you probably feel it. But, like, you know, you wake up after about an hour and go, oh, that hurts. So you move, yeah. like you turn to one side, and then about 40 minutes later you wake up again because that hurts and you have to find somewhere ah. else. That, and then so you got basically, no sleep. Yeah, basically, no, no, no sleep, no sleep. <laughs> I'm still jaded. I'm still jaded. Like I, I thought Wednesday night, oh, go to bed early. Had a had a great moy, and then uh, yesterday about eleven o'clock, hit the wall again. Eh? I had to had to had to coffee up to get through the day, mate. Look, were you getting stared at constantly throughout the day? Because you, I know, you would have been roaring like a bear. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, worst thing about going camping is you, you're like, man, I've got to get to sleep early here because someone's going to go roaring in a minute and then just all of a sudden it's in, you know, just a little sympathy orchestra going on in the camping ground. <laughs> well, you've got like, you've got, you've got this, the camp's like in a circle with a big ground in the middle. Mm. Kids' cabins up one side and across the top, adult cabins over here, food hall over there. But they had 150 kids, mm. so we needed extra adult helpers. So, and it turned out there was three of us who were snorers, 
so they chucked us in a cabin on the other side of the camp, ah. like because you know, like, they have another camp. Yeah. They chucked us over there, like you guys can go over there. But it's positive about being in the <laughs> You get your own little site. Oh, but we didn't hear the kids running around at three o'clock in the morning. That's for sure. Oh, which is good. mate, good on you. Um, Rick Dog, it's, it's awesome. I think that's all ahead of me. And any advice you'd give to parents out there that are probably about to start their camping journey? Like, do they ask you? And you're like, you know, because I'm at school and Daisy's yeah. on the PTA and she's constantly getting asked to do everything. So when You the, had to make the cut. You had to make the cut? Yeah. Ah. They had too many people wanted to well, go. Well, that's a good thing to have. Good yeah. problem to have. Yeah, it's a great problem to have. So I want to say, it just... Like, I mean, for me, because I'm a, I'm a dad of just one kid, right? Mm. And so I know her, but like, oh, kids are different. And like, I've got a daughter and boys are so much different, you know? So it's just kind of, yeah, it was just trying to be softly, softly, I guess. And, and just kind of let kids be kids to a point mm. and, then, and then sort of call out any behaviour that shouldn't be going on. But generally, they were pretty good, mate. Generally, they were pretty good. Nice, mate. Good to have you back, Rick Dog. And uh, we've got a big show today, brother. What yeah, have we got, got coming a, up? Well, we've got a massive show, mate, because uh, we've got uh, the one and only Sumo Stevenson coming mm. on to talk about this report that's come out about uh, New Zealand rugby and the provincial unions basically having too much power, too much say. And uh, I think that's probably something that's been talked about in the background, but never been sort of officially mm. announced. And now New Zealand rugby, it's staring them right in the face and they can't ignore it. Mm, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's a pretty damning report, and I'm I'm glad that they've done it. Yeah, it's something that's need to be coming to light for a very long time, and all the information's now there. Now, what's going to come from this? The reaction now from NZR, I think that's what everyone's uh, face, uh, lips at the moment is. You know, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, like is there a, there's there's not a place for Super Rugby, Provincial Rugby, and the All Blacks, so something's got to go, something's got to give, and I know many out there will be talking about this, and Scotty Sumo will also be uh, diving into this, but it's a big topic for a Friday. Don't you love sport radio when yeah. something big like this comes <laughs> oh out, because you just think, okay, this is a great opportunity to have our say, and you at home that are so passionate about NZR and provincial rugby will want to have your opinion too. Well, that's the thing, you know, a little while ago we talked about the calendar, and people were like, just mm. get rid of Super Rugby. Mm. NPC is so much better. Like, we can still do what we do at Super Rugby level at NPC level, but you create bigger pathways. You can elevate, you know, uh, and things. I just wonder whether or not 14 provinces is too many. Yeah, look, I think that's the question mark, and we're going to talk about it a lot today, uh, is, you know, I've been thinking about this throughout the night and throughout the morning, you know, I played for the Crusaders, won yeah. so many titles. It's a team I hold close to my heart. And Super Rugby has always been in my vision. But then now after seeing this report and understanding that there is too much mm. and that is a reason why it's in, it's going south. Yeah. So if I'm going to say it and I'm going to see something that needs to change, I could potentially be at peace if Super Rugby wasn't a part of it. Yeah, it's mate, uh, that's a big call, but mm. it's it's a call that's going to have to be made. Something's going to have to give. Yeah, I can't. I know, and and there'll be many out there, particularly in the Crusaders region, that will probably be thinking, "What are you on about?" But I just think if we're going to save the game, and we want to save New Zealand rugby, and we want to still be the powerhouse that we once were, something has to give. Mm. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but. I can see us really flourishing from a provincial side of things. The power thing at problem is is the big problem at the moment. Like provincial unions are holding all the power. That's what they got out of the report. They are um, changing the ways, changing the landscape, pretty much persuading NZR to head in this direction. There's a, maybe a handful of provincial unions that hold a lot more power than others. 
So however they distribute that power throughout the provincial is, is, is anyone's guess. But, you know, if we're going to save the game, and i got a lot of passion for Hawke's Bay and provincial mm. rugby, I loved NPC. It was one of my favourite times, you know. And going back to the days when we watched the big names running around for the provincial unions, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Taranaki fully strength with the Barrett brothers running around. Hawke's Bay with their full team. You know, Manawatu, what they've been able to do, getting some good players back to the unions. I think um, it's good luck, but I don't you know. Time will tell. You said the name. I know, I did. I had to say <laughs> it, mate. I've had a big week, Steffi. Manawatu, I've had a huge week. So, yeah, uh, let us know. Double eight, double three. Can you see Super Rugby gone? for the better of the game. You know, we'd love to hear from you. 800 We've got some big topics. Plenty to talk about there, Rick Dog. Well, I had to ask you. I was going to ask you this at some point, but I'm going to ask you this now. How tough, how torn were you? Because I know, you know, you, you've got roots in Canterbury. You've got mm. roots in Hawke's Bay. Manawatu beating Auckland. Manawatu playing Auckland. I mean, it's, it's almost like you don't want either team to win if you're from <laughs> Hawke's Bay, but based in Canterbury, right? How are you feeling about nah, that? mate, get up the green. <laughs> get up the green hoops. Nah, look, I was, I was absolutely chuffed, you know, just seeing what it – see, that's what it does for the for the regions, you know, like a, a Manawatu going to Auckland first time since 19 – I think it was 80, something yeah. like that. It was a long time. And getting the job done. You saw what it meant to those players. I was listening to Mike Rogers when he jumped on staff show yesterday. I listened to the whole interview and I was just like listening to his voice, his passion, you know, the belief, the belief. Sorry, Tim. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> say it ain't so. so. <laughs> Look, honestly, I, I just, I want to save the game. And, and if something can't give, if something's got to give, look, I can be at peace with that. Um you know, like, because the amount of rugby players we have in the union, I've gone off topic here now, Tim, uh, you can't fit them all into five teams. And the pathways is, is something we need to look at. Look, it's something I've just been talking about, and if something's going to give, I, I would be at peace if Super Rugby gave. Right, there you go. All right, keep us uh, keep keep coming through with your uh, thoughts on that double eight double three. What's your fix? How would you do it? What goes? Uh, double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Uh Also, roll call. Text us now. Where are you listening to us? We want to know. Where, where are you? What are you doing? And how are you listening to us? The app, the radio, you're out walking the dog, you're milking the cows. What are you doing? Let us know. Double eight, double three. Time for SENZ roll call. Of course, it is a Friday as well as Ian. We've got a Who Am I clue oh, too. We do, we do. Who Am I clue? We've got uh, the perfect gift for Father's Day from Chemist Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrances. We've got Versace, Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein, David Beckham, and more. They've got the biggest range of fragrances at the lowest prices. So hurry and store or shop online and find that perfect gift for the dad this Father's Day. Clue number one, Rick mm. Dog. I got it. I got it this morning. So many of you will be hopefully able to get it. And if you get it correct, you just send it through on double eight, double three, and the end of the show will announce the winner. So clue number one, I played over 90 games for England. I played over 90 games for England. That is your clue for number one today. For who am I? Let's get into this. Round one, fight. It is triple threat. The three big questions for the day. The latest world rugby rankings, Izzy. Hmm. England have slipped to eighth. <laughs> Fiji are at seven. I'm, ah. I'm not giggling. I'm not giggling. <laughs> Will they make the final eight in France? Nah. Ooh, nah. Didn't even think about it. Nah. 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 I had a podcast <laughs> yesterday. asked me this question. I said, nah. <laughs> I think Argentina will top that pool. Yep. Argentina will, will head through the top. And because of what we're seeing with the Pacific Island nations, um, Samoa, 
we'll head through with uh, with uh, Argentina. I, I I just don't like the way England play. Like mm. they've lost four of their last five games. Like they just do not play rugby. They are too safe. They aren't adventurous enough. And Steve Borthwick, uh, I just I think it'll be too hard for him. And this will be a, a la 2015 Stuart Lancaster situation where they just get bundled out in the pool stages. Oh, um, so, so good. yeah, look, you t- <laughs> we were talking off air about it. Like you you said that stat yeah about Leicester Tigers. Can you repeat what you said to me? They were, <laughs> the, the goal every game was to to uh, rack up a thousand kick meters. See that for me just says here you go lads, be robots and uh, go out there and just kick the ball. I had a coach like that, Alistair Kutsia. He coached South Africa yep. and then he coached in Cannon. And he told us we need a kick, we need a kick, we need a kick. And when you tell your players to kick, 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 they lose sight of the opportunities that are out there. Mm. There was an opportunity for us to go wide in one of those games. And nope, because he told the players we need a box kick more and we need a kick to relieve a lot of pressure, the players kicked. And when I was screaming it, screaming to tell them to send me, uh, to give me the ball, they wouldn't adjust, they wouldn't change because they were afraid of getting getting punished. So when you've got a coach that's really safe, yep. you just can't play. So I cannot see England advancing on the pool stage, sorry. There you go. Uh, no England in the quarterfinals. Um, all right. Round two. I don't know if you saw this. I put it in our uh, in, in, on our Twitter DMs. I, I DM'd it through. Nebraska College women's volleyball mm. team played that final yesterday. They filled up their football stadium. They had 92,000 people watching the final of a college volleyball game between uh, the Nebraska team, the Huskers, and I'm not sure who they were playing, but that was absolutely crazy. The, what's the biggest crowd you've played in front of? Oh, man. Uh, I played in front of 98,000 at, at Soccer City. In Soweto in South Africa? Yeah. That was pretty special. But I was watching that, and that's college sport. That is college sport. And I'm watching this documentary on Netflix, Swamp, Swamp Foxes, or yep. the Swamps, uh, about the, oh, the Florida Gators, yeah, the yeah. Gators yep. over there, and watching those crowds. They're playing at Tennessee Stadium with 102,000 fans watching college football. Man, it is so good. They are so patriotic over in, in the United States. Um, so seeing that for a volleyball game? Look, I'd honestly go watch a college women's volleyball game as well. Um, but 92,000 in stadium, biggest crowd. But yeah, 98 for me, Soccer City. No, Soccer City. Yeah, great stadium there too, mate. Great stadium there. I, I was going to say that because I think the biggest stadium in America mm. is Michigan State. Their college, because it holds 110. Mm. That's the biggest. Like when Manchester United <laughs> go in two of the states, they usually play there because it just they can sell so many tickets. But what what is it about passion? The passion in uh, in America with the colleges. Like why? You look over there. Look, they've obviously got the numbers. Yeah. The population's huge, so they're gonna get people that buy them. But they're just so passionate about these colleges. Like, it's a bit like Christchurch. What high school did you go to? Everyone's so yeah. passionate about the high school over in the states. Is it like I went to this college? I went to that college. It's just. It's a bit like the provincial stuff over here, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like the, the NFL is so big, it's kind of like not everybody has a tie to the NFL, but everybody has a tie to a college. You would have sung a few songs in front of a big crowd there, Rick Dog, eh? A couple of times, mate, a couple of times. <laughs> we, years and years ago, we played um, when uh, it was still called uh, Vector Arena before it was called Spark. Mm. We opened for Corn there. That was about, oh, wow. I don't know how many people were in there, 8,000, 10,000, something like that. 
I uh, played Big Day Out once as well. Awesome, you bro. know. So yeah, yeah, I know what know what that's like. But Soccer City, that's that's a whole other level, bro. That's <laughs> uh, that's probably eight, ten times what I was. I you was well, in front I can, of. You know, sometimes I can make the old mistake. You can't forget a word, mate, when you're out there. Oh, mate, that's a bit. That's, a, <laughs> that's the beauty with heavy metal. You just if you like, what's that next? Like, I'll just growl this one. No one will know. <laughs> <laughs> My brother would enjoy your band, but I don't know if I can. Okay. <laughs> Round three. New Zealand rugby. We have touched on this. Mm. Is this the end as we know it? I think it's the start as we want it. Yeah. It's the start of what we want. There is systemic problems in the NZR, and people have known that for a very, very long time. And I applaud whoever is involved that has gone on and done this this review and brought out all the information that many knew, um, but actually that doubled down on the information. So uh, I think it's a start of change. The change is going to have to happen mm. because it's right there in front of us in words, plain sight. Everyone can see it, everyone can read it, everyone knows it. So now we need to see change. So I think it's the start of, of the resurgence of New Zealand rugby. Look, the thing is, Rick Dog, the results, they put a bit of a shadow over what is actually going on. You know, everyone was doubling down on this when the All Blacks were losing last year, the series. You know, there was a lot of going on, and all the blame was solely on the NZR. And there will be a lot of blame uh, on the All Blacks, and they will take a little bit of the blame. But a lot of what's happening too, what's going on down that hallway in that that office in those boardrooms, there has to be a bit of accountability there too because it hasn't been good enough. And now it's out there, and we're going to talk more about it after 7 o'clock. Yeah, we are. We're going to see change. And this is a start of something new and hopefully can reinvigorate and we can get some some traction out of it. Because well, at the moment, it's just, yeah, we're slipping. We're slipping, you know. Like, it's it's hard for me to say that a, a, a union and, and a, pro, a team that I hold close to my heart that is... Um, that is heading in this direction. So we'll, we'll start of, of a new change. Yeah, it's Scotty Stevenson coming up after seven to talk about this. We're also going to catch up with Adam Summerton on the Champions League draw uh, before eight o'clock and after eight o'clock play Cashford to talk NRL. Uh, a few people have texted and asking where Kempi is. Kempi's not here today, Kempi, but Kempi has called in. Uh, we're not called in. Kempi has texted in and uh, he said, we did our roll call. I said, tell us where you are, what you're doing, where, how you're listening to us. Walking along the waterfront, doing my active meditation and listening on, in on the app. Get it done, boys. Bring back provincial rugby. Make it number one from one uh, T. Kemp of Taranaki. <laughs> yes, Kempi. Great to hear you tuning in, brother. And uh, Kempi also sent through a wee video, video on our socials. So make sure you head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. And uh, you can have a listen to that. Because Kempi, someone sent you a message straight off the bat talking about last night's game. And, well, Kempi, if you're listening, give us a call because uh, you can answer that. Because the Storm, Pappenhausen is back, and they looked pretty darn good heading back into the playoffs. What a time to get the great man, Ryan Pappenhausen, back. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the first Australian journo to do the headline about how the Storm are, are uh, you know, using peptides for the, uh, <laughs> to, to, to juice up for the finals, because you know it's going to happen. Oh. You know it's going to happen. Uh, let us know where you are, how you're listening to us. It is SCNZ Roll Call. And what you would do if you were in New Zealand rugby shoes, how do you save the game? That's what we want to know. Double eight double three or 0800 150 Eight eleven. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. 
It's 6.27. Call any time 0800 150 or text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And long-time listener, first-time caller, <laughs> uh, Tony from Taranaki. Good morning. <laughs> oh, morning, boys. Morning. That's a beautiful day down here. And I've got to say, this is probably the best sports show I've ever listened to. First-time first time caller. Of course, uh, <laughs> no, loving, loving hearing your boys this morning. Um, the second night, I think, of the Blood Moon, which is pretty impressive too, because it's still up over the Moonga Potatutu down here, um, right above where I'm walking. Uh, and yeah, man, talking about that league game last night, is he Brisbane? They're still two points ahead of um, Penrith, mm. but of course Melbourne winning have jumped the, uh, above the Warriors and now sit in third position. The Warriors going back to fourth, so. As it stands now, we're not going to Penrith. We're going to Brisbane, but that, but that still could change. <laughs> Who was your preference? Oh, oh, uh, we got a message earlier on the show. He said, morning, Kimby. Did you see the Broncos lost to the Storm? The Warriors still have no clue who they're playing until Saturday night after the Penrith game. Who was your preference? Well, my, my preference at the beginning of the week was we play Penrith. You mm. know, we go there, there's no Jerome Luai. Their left edge is really struggling. Sorensen's been out. Paulie's been rested, Crichton's been playing fullback. Um, but it won't look like that. They'll have Edwards and Crichton back in those positions. Um, but there's still no Luai, so they're a little bit suspect and, and probably there for the taking. Um, but, you know, against the Cowboys, they'll pick their best team, Penrith. I think, you know, Ivan really wants to get some form into his side before they hit that first round. And I can't really see them losing to the Cowboys. Mm. Uh, so I think, the, I think they'll go top of the table and um, you know that, that does mean that we go to Penrith Park and we play them anyway. Sounds like you've hit a hill Kimpy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> sorry about the huffing and puffing but no, it's more my knees these days boys but my body wants to my body wants to walk but my knees are saying hey brother it's time to stop <laughs> just give me Give me a few more years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff, Kempe, mate. Thanks very much for, for calling Cheer in. Uncle. Enjoy the rest of your walk, eh? Okay, boys. Yep. Talk soon. Get on Labrassi on Sunday. All right. Okay. Labrassi. Labrassi. Hey, you Harwood gave away our Sunday. tip, bro. That was for Love Racing. Oh, Stay tuned for that little tip. You don't need to now. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> and, and keep the text rolling through too, double eight double three uh, for our SENZ roll call. We like to do that on a Friday morning. How are you listening to us? Where are you listening to us? What are you up to? Uh, Paul in Harwater. Uh, morning team, Cup and Cows, just south of Harwater, south in Taranaki, listening via the app. Uh, thanks, Paul, for Ooh. your text. <laughs> Is that a cow? That's, that's a pretty good cow. It's a pretty good cow. I like it. I like it. Uh, um a lot of people talking, uh, wondering where Kempi is as well. Morena, lads. Currently in the pool looking after myself from head to balls after a gym session. It's bloody cold. <laughs> Listening to you guys on the app, that is from Mark and Tauranga with awesome. his two dudes back. <laughs> what a sight that would be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, kids need to get back to club rugby. Play school rugby through the week. Club rugby uh, goes under. Uh, mm. Otherwise, club rugby goes under. Kids, if they don't make the first 15, they stop playing, which means they don't want to play after school, so club rugby dies. Playing rugby with your dad and family play doesn't mean anything anymore. It's uh, start, It starts at the club level. I agree, Craig, 100%. I love it. I agree too, mate. It's, uh, it's always been the biggest problem. We're losing a lot at club level. Clubs are struggling big time. And uh, that's where the, the focus needs to be as well.
Yeah, hi guys, Dino from Greymouth, listening on the app, sitting by the fire with the dog, have the day off today, so going to make the most of it, up the wires, yep, thanks Dino. Nice Dino. Yeah, stay warm brother, stay warm, I bet it's uh, pretty chilly on the old uh, on the old coast. I was with an Uber driver last night, he said to me, oh, I used to live in Christchurch, I always used to live in Greymouth, I said, oh, how was that? He said, oh, not good, <laughs> <laughs> not good, it rained every day, and I said, oh, mate, you poor fella, he said, yeah, but some, I used to work in Pizza Hut and, uh, in Christchurch, and someone from Greymouth used to drive over every month and get 30 pizzas and take them home and put them in the freezer. Wow, really? So some dedicated people there that want Pizza Hut. Yeah, definitely, mate. So that's, that's a, I was going to say, I don't know what the Uber Eats call on that would be, but it wouldn't be cheap. Uh, 28 away from 7 o'clock here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We've got some headlines coming up for you. We're going to get to Tim who's called through as well. Right now, though, here is Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Like we're on boogie nights. Uh, nice work in the kitchen there, Kez. Uh, 25 away from 7 and time for uh, some sports news headlines for you. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. And in the NRL last night, the Melbourne Storm beat the Brisbane Broncos 32-22 at Suncorp despite resting 13 players. Mm. Ooh, which is good. The Broncos also rested several top players uh, and they could have given up top spot to Penrith who've got to play the Cowboys. If the Panthers win, they'll be tied on points with the Broncos but have superior points difference. The Warriors will then need to beat the Dolphins to finish in third after the Storm have drawn level on points with them. Um, so we can still go two points clear of, this, of the Storm if we win. There's still plenty to go happen in there, dog. Yeah, there's heaps. It's like, if, you, if you're Andrew Webster, you're like, um, last night, in a way, last night was the worst result because mm. it's like, we still don't know. Like, if, if um, Brisbane had just won last night, you'd be like, okay, cool. You think about it, you're like, Kevin Walters, what are you doing? But it just shows, like, the bigger pitches in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, it? yeah, 100%. Yeah, winning the Premiership or winning the minor Premiers. There's no, there's no really... No one remembers the minor Premiers. Nah. Nah. I, I remember it's one of the first years I was really um, followed rugby league really close to the old Winfield Cup. Mm. I think it was, like, 1989, and South Sydney won the minor Premiership. They lost two playoff games on the bounce and were gone. Like, that can happen. You know, and that was that was a good team. It was Mario Fennick and Craig Coleman and all those guys, Ian Roberts. Mm. That's the only de- downside is like, you know, like when you allow players to have a big rest, Rick Dog, like yep. it's, it can actually backfire because you lose that that connection, the combination, mm. the continuity. It's Yeah, it's a bit of a risk, but I think they've made the right decision. Yeah, I think I think so too. Mm. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see because the proof will be in the pudding. How's mm. this? The uh, Champions League draw's been done this morning. Manchester United have been drawn with Harry Kane's Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Uh, Newcastle been handed the toughest draw, though. Ooh, you, you want a group of death? How's this for a group of death? <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain, Borussia Dortmund, who finished second in Germany last year, AC Milan. 
and Newcastle. <laughs> welcome to the Champions League. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back indeed. Uh, Manchester United have also got AFC Copenhagen from Denmark and Turkish side Galatasaray. And, uh, oh, they uh, go through, don't they, Rick Dog? They should do. They should do. Well, it's going to be in a family affair because Copenhagen have, uh, you know, uh, Hoyland, the new Manchester United striker, both his brothers play for Copenhagen. So it'll be he'll be up against both his brothers. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Arsenal they're going to be playing their first Champions League group stage in seven years. They've been drawn with Sevilla out of Spain, PSV out of Holland, and Lens out of France. Well, Manchester City they could pretty much roll their reserves out in their group. They've got RB Leipzig for the third straight time in the Champions League, Red Star Belgrade, and Swiss club Young Boys as well. So they've got a pretty easy one. Uh, Celtic have got Atletico Madrid, Lazio and Dutch Champions final. I don't see Liverpool. No, Liverpool didn't make it this year. Ah. Yeah, no Liverpool. No Liverpool. No how, Chelsea. How good's that? Yeah, how good? <laughs> Kez isn't listening to us. Kez is, uh, Kez is ignoring Arawa us. I was just stoked that they finished Parliament without the wires yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Those are some sports news headlines, trades and builders. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Passer. He's been very, very patient. Timmy oh, is he's on gonna the be line. angry. <laughs> <laughs> he's Timmy, on one. Timmy from Christchurch. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Timmy, 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 Timmy. Just hear me oh, out. Look, I actually, hear I, me out. I actually think you're right. I think the best thing for the game in New Zealand would be to do that, but they won't do know, it. Money talks. That, no, there's no way. The money talks, and, yeah. and you know the viewership numbers overseas. We have more viewers overseas, I think, for Super Rugby than what we do in New Zealand. Mm. So there's no way that they're going to say goodbye to that cash cow. Yeah, so they, they definitely won't do it, and I've been thinking about it. That won't happen. And um, so the solution, and someone come through on the text for me about Staffy's conversation, Grant from Christchurch, he said, don't know how they do it, but Staffy's idea of merging Super Rugby and NPC sounds like the best bet. So potentially that could be an opportunity. Well, I was talking off air with Rick Dog about, well, the provincials unions have been wanting to go on their own for a while now so an overseas investment coming in investing into the into provincial unions could potentially be an opportunity option well you even having a two-tiered kind of super rugby format where you know the the lower teams mm. play the other countries lower teams but you know, so you mean an australian division I was going to say if you have a <laughs> that would be the third tier right? <laughs> they can play with the swamp foxes and the butcher boys you know what? It was really disappointing to think, Rick Dog, when you're talking about the Champions League. I darted straight into Google to have a look at where, who we're playing, and I'm a massive Chelsea fan, and that's when I remembered that we're not fucking playing. That's where my Friday. Thanks, Rick Dog. No, no problem at all. You just, you just, mate, you stay invested in the League Cup this season, eh? You managed to sneak past AFC Wimbledon two-one. I saw the other day. Good team there. Yeah, oh, mate, very good side, Thanks. AFC Wimbledon, local derby. It's amazing what a billion dollars can do for a team, isn't it? <laughs> oh, how's this, man? I, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Chelsea played Luton on the weekend, mm. and yeah. uh, somebody did the numbers. Since the, the Premier League started, the amount spent on transfers by Luton versus the amount spent on transfers by Chelsea. Luton in 30, well, 31 years, £30 million. Pounds. Chelsea, £3 billion. Pounds. <laughs> Oh, there you go, Timmy. That's what, there's your problem right the there. <laughs> what, what, what was it, Timmy? I said that's why we're the top of the league. That's <laughs> <laughs> why you're playing in champion. Oh. See you, mate. Timmy, Timmy. Thanks very much for your call. You can call us anytime. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Um, 
Keep your texts rolling through to SENZ Roll Call. Where are you listening to us? What are you up to? And how are you listening to us? Uh, morning, boys. I'm on the road uh, to Te Awamuru uh, to Auckland daily, listening to you all on the radio uh, until reception runs out. Um, Mac Dog Truck Mafia. So, uh, yeah, drive safe, brother. This guy keeps messaging in, Tony Kemp. Carve that South teams up, team up that year, Rick Dog. <laughs> Mate, the, the Newcastle Knights, that's that, that fullback they had, eh? What was his name? Oh, uh, Stumpy. Stumpy, Stumpy <laughs> Kent, that was him. <laughs> yeah, doing it well. Um, now, actually, uh, we've got uh, a relation in Kempe's uh, has texted through on double eight double three as well. Uh, working out in a gym in Rotorua, listening in on the app. I must be related to Uncle because my knees are doing exactly the same from James up the was. <laughs> uh, good to hear you all tuning in. We'll hopefully uh, do it justice. We've got plenty to talk about, and uh, we've got a bit of love racing that we oh. need your help with coming up. We're going to pick a four-leg multi and we want you to send it through and uh we've got a 50 dollars bonus bet as well yeah we do we do let's multi that up we'll do that next with our love racing update here on izzy and kempi for breakfast 18 away from seven up the wires Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. We're going to shake it up for today. Well, yesterday we went on air, and that's okay. We're hopefully going to watch a Black Caps victory, but that was not meant to be. But it's okay. It was. Hope you enjoyed the call live here on SCNZ. You'll get all that action over in England as the T20 series and the One Day series takes place in the UK, but uh, today we're going to do something different. Kempi's kicker, we went on air yesterday, so we weren't able to get that $50 bonus bet and get some of you paid out there like the boys got the boys paid last week. Alvin and Mark, they got 227 bucks each. How good is that? Well, today we're going to do a four-leg multi. We've got a four-leg multi for someone out there that is tuning in. You've got to send through your four-leg multi, and at the end of the show, we've got a $50 bonus bet. We'll put it all together, and if that wins, we're going to split it. We're going to split it in half. You take half of the earnings, and we're going to take the rest of it, and I'm going to say we should donate it to Child Cancer Foundation. Yeah. Yeah, we'll donate it. We'll donate it to Child Cancer Foundation, so you'll obviously be doing your part for Child Cancer, but also filling up your pocket as well. So double eight, double three, send through your four-leg multi, and at the end of the show, we'll pick one, and uh, you'll be with us for our Kempi's Kicker Love Racing multi bonanza. (laughs) We've already had a, a text through, actually. Mark, size 12. Uh, boys, my tip for the weekend, Melbourne, race 10, Poland. Needs a good track to bring home the pingers. Mm. It's okay. a one to watch. Okay, we need four of them. So we need a four-leg. Look, I, I know, you know, I've never won a four-leg multi in my life. Right. I always get rivet on the last mm. last leg. Um, but I think we're going to be brave today. You know, yep. those brave kids out there doing it pretty tough. Yeah. We're going to try and be brave and uh, and pick a big multi, a four-legger, and uh, we'll get them paid and get yourself paid. So yeah. Well, Cam from, Cam from Cambridge has already has given us four. He's just he's come through at Wanganui. He said, race three, Bellatrix star for the win. Uh, why on today? Race six. Olentia for the win, and then Rickerton race four, Insatiable for the win, and race eight, Cullinan for the place. Ooh, so Cam from Cambridge, who knows his, uh, knows his racing, he came on and, and gave us a, tipped us into a couple a while back, and they all won and mm. paid $71. So the uh, Cam from Cambridge, he's in the draw. 
You just be like Cam, send through your four-legger, and the show will pick that for you. Yeah, and we've got a few more texts coming through. It is, of course, SENZ Roll Call on a Friday. Where are you? Where are you listening to us? What are you up to and how are you listening to us? I'm in my ute driving from Waipawa to Hastings every morning listening on the radio. Then on the app, hooked up to my earpieces when I get to work. Then sometimes I hook the mini boom speaker up. Also, we have to get our All Blacks back playing NPC. That's the key. That's the key. Waipawa, I spent a bit of time in Waipakaro, so I know exactly where you are, buddy. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. But, yeah, that's the key. We need to have our best players playing in, in the formats mm. that, that are going to be the formats that we pick our players from. Yeah, we just well, need it. Because that, that's the – like I was reading that report, there's just too much uncertainty, too much control over a lot of things, and that's what's putting the fans off. They don't know when the games are, where the games are, who's playing in these games, and without the star players, they're not going to go and watch. Well, the who's playing thing is going to be interesting, and I wonder whether or not, and you might have more insight into this, but with the switch from Razor, uh, Fozzie to, to Razor, Right, and this isn't a bag. I mean, I've bagged Foster before because mm. of things he's done, but this isn't a bagging for him personally. This is more about the old school way of doing things and how all black coaches have dictated to super rugby coaches. I wonder if Razor would be more willing to let super rugby coaches just do what they want to do and not be dictating rest periods for players. I'd love to say yes. Yep. And I know Razor would have his own opinion on that because he's been in the. Shoes with a super rugby coach when his players are taken away, but he understands as well player welfare. Mm. I think it's a juggling act, Rick Dog, like the, the player welfare, and we don't want to burn these players out and overdo it. Um, you know, weeks are long enough, but obviously the storm week, you touched on it before, like that is horrible. I can imagine playing three games in, in 10 days. Mm. That'll be the worst thing ever. So that has to come into account. But um, uh, look, there's, there's, there's people in the NZR that have positions and they make these positions, high performance managers, you know, performing, man- like there's people in different areas that have their own uh, agendas that they, they try and look after. So that there really needs to be unity. Something that New Zealand rugby hasn't had for a long time is unity within the union. People on the same page, heading in the same direction. And right now there's none of that. So um, I'd love to see that happening. And Razor, knowing that the shoes he did have on, Potentially, if he's going to have to make the call, I'm sure he'll make the right one. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, because that's what it needs. That's what it needs. Uh, keep your text rolling through too. Double eight, double three for SENZ to roll call. Morena gents, sun coming up in Gizzy. Blood moon still up. Off to pick up the catering trailer and prep to serve three hundred tomorrow. Yes. Up the Warriors and Poverty Bay this weekend from Joe. Yes, Joey. Good to hear from you, brother. So keep those rolling through. Love to hear from you. Don't forget to chuck your name on the text as well so we can give you a shout-out. When you do text through, we are eight away from seven on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Yeah, we're a couple of minutes away from uh, seven o'clock. Keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Let us know where you are, where you're listening, and what you're up to. Uh, Morena boys, go the mighty magpies. Tatui, the Warriors, and our Manawatu cousins from Marshy. He's jumping on the green bandwagon. He's going to get yourself a bucket there, Marshy. That'll be the next thing. Yes, Marshy. We always support Manawatu when they're not playing the Hawks Bay team. Uh, look, honestly, absolutely couldn't think of anything better. They struggled. They lost 14 straight last year. Mm. They started the campaign 0-3, and they yep. get one over the Manawatu. A bit of belief. And still, Mike Rogers said on Staffy's show yesterday, it was, uh, it was awesome. Love it for the competition. Oh, mate, it's fantastic. You know, the... the, the the harder a competition is to pick, the better it is, right? Because it's just you, you want that un- unpredictability. It's what you want in there. Uh, Super Rugby should have died when South Africa pulled the pin. It's killing the product in New Zealand, but NZR are arrogant and too blind to see it from mm. Mike. Well, they can't be now. 
No. They can't be now. The evidence is in the pudding, and it's right there for everyone to read. Yeah. And I love it. So they can't just sit back and let it just carry on. They need to change. They do. They do. I, I guess that the complication here is, is like, you know, 10 years ago when NZR still had full financial control of the Super Rugby franchises uh, with the provinces, it was one thing, but now they've got outside investment and they've effectively become uh, standalone professional franchises. Mm. They, uh, you know, you can't just dictate them to, to, to the owners, can you? Nah, to an, yeah, to an extent, but not not really. If yeah, look, at, and that's, a, that's the thing, like everyone's got their own agendas and there's no unity for the better of the game and there needs to be something done and there has to be because it's right there. Change needs to happen. Yeah, we'll get some more answers. We'll get some thoughts of a man who follows us closely. He's read the report. Scotty Sumo Stevenson. He is going to join us after the latest in news at uh, 7 o'clock. We're going to talk more about this report and what he thinks we should do, what he thinks New Zealand rugby will do. And uh, Cam's uh, multi, I will repeat it again later, Elvin. Once I've got on, mate. Once (laughs) I've got on. Don't you worry. I've got a few things to do first. But stay tuned. We'll get that to you. Keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three as well. Where are you? What are you doing? That's SENZ Roll Call. We want to hear from you this Friday. Here is Araha with the latest in news and sport. Thanks to Kubota, we're here building and shaping New Zealand. Johnson was lurking out on the right-hand edge, and that's where they find him this time. Johnson stepping off his left back inside. John Johnson! He's got it! He's done it again, Sean! Kerry strongly. Phil Ewan sends it away. Here's the jump! Thanks is to the number one Warriors fan in Parliament. And he, he's up there in that sound booth. His name's Colin Pierce. So, Mr. Soundman, up the wires. It's five past seven on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Welcome in if you're just joining us. It is SENZ Roll Call. Text us in double eight double three. Where are you listening to us? What are you up to? How are you listening to us? The app, the radio, what are you doing? I uh, want to hear from you, double eight double three. Make sure you chuck your name on it as well. Coming up, uh, this hour we're going to catch up with Adam Summerton out of the UK, commentator. He's going to give us the lowdown on the Champions League draw that was done this morning. But right now, uh, well, given that Izzy's in studio, I have to say this probably the second best looking man on TV, Scotty <laughs> Stevenson, good morning. How are you, sir? Dude, I tell you what, mate, you've got it. You set a low standard, that's for sure, right? Although, although at least as he's done something about his forehead, I suppose. <laughs> I've got too much hair at the moment, my friend. Hey, <laughs> Scotty, mate, it's good to hear your voice. Yeah. And I've been yeah, following on the socials, mate. And uh, you had first scoop 
on the big news that was coming out, and now it's been released. Are you surprised, yeah. mate? What do you think? No, no, I'm not as, and I don't think you would be, and I don't no. think anyone who's uh, who's been around rugby for a long time would uh, would be surprised by any of the findings in the report. Actually, a thorough piece of work, I'll give mm. it that. Uh, the, the recommendations are interesting. Uh, look, I, I think we all agree that that the organisation needs to shake up uh, in terms of the capabilities at board level, uh, and that's and that's rugby wide, by the way. That's not just about NZR. Yeah. I think that all boards in this game need to look at themselves and say, okay, are we doing the right thing? Are we spending the money wisely? Uh, where are we going strategically? Uh, there was a lot of criticism in that mm, report uh, yeah. around how rugby is operated. Um, and, of course, around the disconnect between the provinces, essentially the members of New Zealand rugby. It's an incorporated society uh, and New Zealand rugby itself. And, uh, you know, at times you do feel like the, the two, well, the organisation has been working uh, at odds with its constituent members and vice versa. What I got out of that report, uh, Scotty was we have too many players that are fully professional we have too many competitions that uh, aren't sustainable and the yeah. change needs to happen is there a solution and uh, will anyone be brave enough to make change that is the biggest thing when I'm getting out of the text machine is everyone's been crying out for this everyone knew what was going on but they haven't made any change in yeah. any adjustments well, yeah, and, and why would you? Because, you know, mm. for so long the province has been the power base of New Zealand rugby. That's, uh, that's the way they've looked at themselves. They, they think that, and the report makes this very clear, mm. that this concept that they own New Zealand rugby and therefore everything's about us. Um, and and that's, that's not exactly a criticism of the, of the provinces. I think it's just a situation that's been allowed to develop over time. Uh, provincial rugby was top dog is. When I grew up, mm. it certainly was. Uh, we know that super rugby then superseded provincial rugby. But we have watched the NPC... Uh, slowly wither on the vine mm. for a long time now. It hasn't been given the care it needs in terms of marketing. It hasn't been given the care it needs in terms of promotion. And ultimately, uh, those around the board table at NZR have long thought this is just too much. We're, we're giving this money to the unions, uh, the provincial unions, every year. They're spending it on a on a semi-professional sporting competition, rugby competition, and 60%, as this review found, of those annual spends are going on to their high-performance programs, 21% into the community game. And remember, New Zealand Rugby as an organisation is there, and it says this very clearly in its mission, to promote the interests of the amateur game. Uh, and that has been left behind, I think, in, in the need uh, for airtime. Hmm. We've got a busy calendar, mate. Um, you know, international rugby, I know they're looking at that at the moment as well. Can we sustain Super Rugby, NPC and international rugby in the current format? I think you can sustain a form of the NPC. Uh, what that looks like, I'm not even going to start with that. Your listeners will have their own ideas. The provinces will have their own ideas. Uh, but it's patently clear mm. that it cannot be it cannot be sustained at this uh, current level. Um, and, and then you've got issues around the ecosystem of the game as well. Club rugby's struggling, boys. We mm. all know that. Yeah. Club rugby's supposed to be the feeder to NPC rugby, NPC rugby to super rugby, super rugby to the All Blacks. That's how the ecosystem is designed to work. Largely now, we're picking our best talent out of high schools. That, to me, is problematic. Um, I think we need to get back and focused on kids playing at clubs and staying at clubs because that's how the game and the love for the game is developed. Is this a, a rugby problem, a governance problem, or can we look at other opportunities that kids have been posting them now through schools that's uh, potentially just taken over, and we have to just, you know, bite our egos on, on the on the head and say, look, we're just there's other opportunities for these kids now. 
Look, there is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, look, the game's fighting now in, in a pretty cluttered um, space. Yep. Uh, you know, there are other sports that make interest to kids. So there are some kids who don't want to play the game. But I think largely because rugby has a funnel system up into professionalism, um, and, and it's well paid as. I mean, you know, you're still sleeping on gold bars. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, you know, so, kids, so kids think they're, on, they're on, on the escalator to success at a very early age. Yeah. And, and this report noted this, and, it, and it's no surprise to me that the Stakeholder Council, we can talk about that another day because I think that's a full concept as well, uh, wants a seat at the table for schools rugby, for the schools rugby union and associate member of NZR. Um, but look, you, you know, we've got to try and tell these kids, like, what do you want to play the game for? Um, is it to be on you know, first 15 and, and play on television? Oh, heaven forbid. Mm. Um, or is it to develop a lifelong love of the game, the camaraderie, the community spirit that came with club rugby? And that rugby was about for a very long time. Professionalism doesn't have to be separate to that. They're not antithetical. The latter for me, oh, I loved it just because I was playing with my mates and, and the professional come oh, along, right. mate, that's, that's a bonus. But uh, at school, I totally agree. Look, it's that's a time where you got to better your life in all aspects, in all areas. Uh, just just quickly, yeah. Sumo, um, yeah. Mark Robinson, has he still got yes. the belief, the buy-in from, from everyone in the union? Is he the man to take us forward? Well, look, I mean, there was a really interesting piece in that review around his CEO's dashboard, which I think had 48 KPIs, which is just so patently ludicrous. There's no CEO in the world who could live up to those sorts of KPIs. Uh, There was huge criticism of the strategy of New Zealand rugby. Um, The CEO of New Zealand rugby serves uh, at the discretion of the board. Um, So if there is change in the board over time, uh, then, then Mark Robinson will have to convince that board that he is still the man for the job. Um, look, I, I don't think it was as overly critical of Mark Robinson's CEO. Yeah. I think it was critical of the organisation in terms of the direction it set itself, uh, which is just not fit for purpose. So these are all questions that rugby will ask itself over time. Um, and, of course, you know, no one will comment at this stage, neither the provincial unions nor New Zealand rugby, in terms of what they think of these findings. Uh, and they're not binding, by the way. So rugby doesn't need to change, uh, even though this report says it definitely does. Well, it does. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I agree. Um, and you know, like you, you just spend. Well, I think the budget for that report was three hundred and fifty grand, but uh, my understanding is that uh, it's ended up being much more than that. So you don't want to waste this opportunity. It felt to me like a line in the sand. Mm. The sixth review into rugby. Sorry, the ninth review into rugby in the last six years, and there's still three more on the go. Um, you know, stop reviewing, start acting. Mm. Is there anything overseas that you've seen, Scotty, a model that might work uh, in some sort of form here where you have – I look at – you know you know me and football, mate, so I look at the way that the Premier League started 30 years ago uh, and the clubs basically run that and then the English FA runs the grassroots and runs the rest of the game. Um, yeah. You know they're a stakeholder, but they, they they have somebody else running it. Do you reckon some model like that, where you have a something, some board that just runs the All Blacks and Super Rugby, could work? It could do. The international games always the complication, isn't it? Um, in terms of in terms of rugby union, but look, you do not have to look far to find an organisation at the top of its game. It's called the AFL, mm. um, and and we're talking about literally a suburban club game that is now the biggest sport in Australasia by a country mile. Uh, the organisation is, is a federated organisation. Um, you know, look, you look at these games that are selling out the MCG, it's basically Mount Eden taking on Devonport. I mean, you know, that's essentially what these clubs are. They are community clubs that have fans for life. They have club structures beneath the professional game. 
kids are funneled through and the ecosystem works and it works well and it's commercially outstanding uh, but more than that it is so engaged with its fan base and the AFL I think can teach sport here a lot about how to attract fans, keep fans and satisfy fans. Uh, I know that you've got to go uh, shortly, Scotty, so I'll just finish with this. We actually had a text through from Mark, and you know, I know you get asked a lot about rugby, and you're, uh, and, and this is what he said. He said, Scotty Stevenson's a great commentator and a great analyst, but I don't know much about him. Did he ever play rugby to any level? What was the highest level you played rugby to, bud? Mate, um, you know, I was the proud captain of the North Harbour Great Under-19 side, uh, Rick, and um, I led that team to three straight losses. Um, <laughs> And uh, and then I busted both my shoulders. Uh, I wear glasses because uh, I was kicked in the head. And um, yeah, I think I, I realised at age 19, um, as I was about to get into the Colts, that I thought, nah, maybe this game's not for me. But I would say this, I then went on to coach the Auckland Grammar 2Bs, one of the greatest teams that ever was, undefeated. Beautiful. So you You're a coach, mate. I'm a player. I love it. There, there it is. There it is. I can, I can talk. I just can't do. <laughs> love your work, Sumo, mate. Thanks for coming on, brother. You've got a really astute mind and you're over everything uh, that is rugby, mate. Thank you so much and you take care of yourself. Give my love to, yeah, to the boys. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Love you guys. Take it easy. Yeah, you too, mate. You too. Scotty Stevenson, always great to have him on talking footy. Knows a thing or two and he just... He's, he's got that ability that some people don't have uh, to step back mm. and look at things rationally, yeah. you know, and, and not be not not let the heart outweigh the head. Yeah, like it, that question about Mark Robinson wasn't particularly directed. Um, it was just more of the, when there's a lot of this going on in the back room, in the yeah. background, like it, it puts a lot of pressure on him because he is the, when you think of the NZR, you think of Mark Robinson. Mm. He's the first totally. mind that, uh, first name that springs to mind, so... Um, it's more of a just uh, as he got the backing, you know, the board. We know that something needs to change there. There was a message that came through earlier about the old boys' mentality that yeah. has been going on in, in NZR for a while now. Yeah, totally. You know, and that's something. You know, I think it was Paul that said it's a, it's an amateur game being run by amateurs. Mm. You know, and that, that old boy thing. And I, I would probably disagree with that because they've brought some people in who know what yeah. they're doing now. But I, I understand what he means. The sentiment I I, I get. Um, it's just the from the outside looking in, right? Somebody who's never been involved in rugby as such. There, there's always for me been an arrogance with New Zealand rugby. Yeah, I can end. hear what you're saying. And and it's like you know, it's it's the ego dominates rather than the common sense. They can't see the wood for the tree sometimes. Yeah, and that, and that happens when you get results as well, Rick Dog. Like for the last 10, 12, 15 years, we've we've had results. Mm. We've been thriving. You've had big corporate companies that want to be involved with the All Blacks and when you get a lot of success you can actually lose sight of how you got there and the path that got you to where you are to, today and I, look I'll, I'll be completely honest I think we just got distracted from the problems because results casted a, sh- uh, a bit of a shadow over the actual problems that were happening in the back room so I can see that but now that this has all come out um, it's right there and there and now it's time for actions, you know. Like there's a review in Kempi, we'll gain another review, another review, just another review. There needs to be actions now. It's right there and there in front of them. We actually heard from Tony Kemp uh, on the text machine during that interview. He said less than six percent goes into the community game and league in New Zealand, so twenty two percent sounds like you've won a lotto. Mm. Well, I guess it's just about how it's used then, right? Yeah, and that, that's the that's the big problem is, you know, it's going on high performance, twenty one percent into the community, twenty two percent whatever. 
the whereabouts is it going into the community? Is it just going into someone's pocket and then they're better in themselves? Like this money needs to be put in the right areas and um, that's it in a, in a nutshell, really. Yeah, uh, 100%. Keep your text coming through. Double eight double three. Double eight double three is the temper bedpost text machine. I mean, we, we talked about this I, probably about a year ago. Mm. I remember there was a poll on this show of who is worse at their job, Mark Robinson or Mark Robinson. Remember that? And that was because, you know, New Zealand rugby was in trouble, the yeah. Warriors were in trouble. Yeah. Well, a year on, mm. everybody's on the Warriors bandwagon. So it doesn't take much to turn it around. I think Warriors Mark Robinson, the fact we're not hearing from him suggests that it's, things are going better, right? It's a great right? thing. It's a great – but that, that, that's uh, – like the, yeah, what Webbs has come in yeah. and he's – He's got a happy squad, and they're getting results from it. But it's it's not just the results; it's what we're seeing in the community. You know the the messaging that we're hearing, the love and care that he has for his players, the love and care that he has for his fans. The fans is the number one thing. Like the Warriors fans, they feel valued. Yeah. You know, when you feel valued, you will turn up, win or lose, to go and watch your team. But when you're not feeling the love back, then you switch off. And I don't, I think from a fan's perspective. They're not feeling the love back. They go because they love the All Blacks, but you know, like, and the, but the rest of it is suffering because they're not feeling valued. Yeah, I, I think you're right. But I mean, my point being is like, how fast do the Warriors turn it around? New Zealand rugby can turn this around. They, they just need to be honest with themselves. It's just a bit of a bit more of a beast because there's three <laughs> three competitions that really need adjustments for yep. the Warriors. They've got that one team, the one competition. Now they've got the uh, New South Wales Cup, which is thriving as well. So for the NZR, it's going to take a hell of a lot of work and they've got to be brave. How brave can they be? We don't know. We've got a good poll because someone sent through a message earlier about a poll yeah. that we should run on the show, and yeah. you're going to do that for us. Yeah, we are. We're going to do that. So thank you to Mike for your text earlier. We will get to that after uh, 7.30 with our Choices Flooring poll. Keep your text rolling through, too, for a SENZ roll call. Where are you listening to us? How are you listening to us? What are you doing while you're listening to us? Keep those texts coming through, Double eight, double three. Uh, this one, no name on it. Please do put your name on your text so we know who we're talking to. But Morena, boys, our All Blacks are our elite players. Super Rugby and test season is enough for them. Surely there are enough fringe All Blacks to fill our NPC teams. Look at Auckland stacked with fringe All Blacks. Um, I would say yes to that, but then fringe All Blacks, how many fringe All Blacks still don't get released to go and play NPC? Yeah, plenty. Plenty, Rick Dog. Um, yeah, it's... Look, something's, something's got to change. I've been harping on, I feel like I'm repeating myself. Something's changed, but we... Is is there a place for all competitions in New Zealand? They're not gonna they're not gonna get rid of Super Rugby. So how do we evolve Super Rugby NPC to become one? And I know Steffi talked about it on a show. Or does NPC just go off on their own agenda, start their own competition? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answers. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And and is this again about merging teams? You know. I mean, I I, I threw it out there yesterday. You know. Do we? I, and I'm not saying because I've done no 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 um, study on this, but just from what geographically would make sense, do we bring the Central Vikings back? Do we merge North Harbour and Northland again to make mm. a North Auckland like it used to be? That'll give us 12 provinces then that have stronger bases. For for example, it means you can get rid of Storm Week. You got slightly less games, but you still got the pathway. Is that going to be enough? I don't know. 
But yeah, look, that, that could be a problem. The thing, if we get if Super Rugby goes, we still we don't have that international experience. Mm. You know, playing international teams, so we're going to lose that, and I, I think that's not great for the for the ABs. We've already lost South Africa, and we're struggling with not playing them in hell of a lot in Super Rugby. So that's the. The flip side as well is we if we lose super we lose that international experience and that's how it goes a hell of a long way. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, we can go a long way there, and we want to hear from you about it too. Your thoughts? Double eight, double three. I'm lost. Oh, I don't know where to go. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Tell us where we should be going. Oh eight hundred one oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven or double eight double three. Want to hear from you? It is seven twenty two on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It is 7.27 on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. You can call us anytime, 0800 150 or you can uh, give us a uh, text, give us a text, double eight double three. We've got plenty of texts coming through. You can warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at $4.50 at your local night and day. Uh, we actually, because we were uh, keen to get to Sumo, we didn't do our uh, Who Am I clue at the top, Izzy, uh, mm-hmm. for Who Am I clue number two. Yes, pick up the perfect gift for Dad's this Father's Days from Chemist Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrances, Versace, Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein, David Beckham, and more. They've got the biggest range of fragrances at the lowest prices. So hurry in, store, and shop online and find that perfect gift for dad this Father's Day. Clue number two. Clue number two. Clue number one was I played sixty time, uh, over 90, time, 90 times for England. Clue number two, I played six times for the British and the Irish Lions. All right, so definitely a rugby player, not a football player. Definitely a rugby player, and a couple of them got them off straight off the bat. But uh, we'll give you number cl- clue number three after 8 o'clock. That is your clue number two for Who Am I? All right, now we've got uh, plenty of texts rolling through. Uh, this one from Dylan. Uh, listening from the cow shed and mighty P-Hummer <laughs> in the Naki. I can't see Ben May's cow shed lights on across the road. He must have slept in. Cheers, a- have a good morning. A hundred percent he slept in. We've had him on the show, actually. Uh, for our fr- uh, country co- uh, connection to land, and uh, he was awesome, mate. He was out there farming. I said, "Man, it's a bit late for you." He said, "Late, we don't start early here." So he's no doubt slept in, my friend. <laughs> John has texted through on double eight double three. Morning, Izzy and Kempe. Uh, spending time with the granddaughters in Matamata after driving up from Hastings yesterday to spend time with uh, son for Father's Day. Son was at Lindy's with Izzy. Ah, who's that? Let us know, John. Double eight, double three. Let us know. Who's your boy? Who's your boy? Awesome. Uh, uh, now, in this one here, I think you know we we doing we didn't do Kimmy's kickies today, mm. so we're doing a four leg racing multi today. Yeah. Uh, as a result, we've got a fifty dollar CAB bonus. But there, Josh has texted in on double eight, double three. Morning, lads. It's my birthday today. Happy birthday, Josh. And the missus has loaded up my TAB account. Sure. What should I be punting on? Ooh. Well, we want to know from you. We've got a couple of multis coming through and uh, came from Cambridge. All you got to do is send through your four-leg multi. We've got a $50 bonus bet for Kempe's Kicker. Half will go of the winnings will go to you and half will go to Child Cancer Foundation. So, Josh, stay tuned. We'll read out a couple of those multis throughout the show. But uh, for me, mate, I'm not going to steer you in. I haven't won a multi for a very long time. If anyone's going to win one, it's Rick Dog. I've seen plenty green ticks on his TAB machine <laughs> account. Most of those have come from Kempe, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> so Kempe's away, so you're getting nothing today. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, that's us. Uh, stay tuned, though, Josh. We've got a couple that are coming through, so we'll, we'll let you know. We'll give you a heads up. Uh, warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at 4.50 at your local night and day. Let's get away to Araha for some news with Kubota. Together we shaping and building New Zealand.
get the glow sticks, the whistles, the lycra shorts on, away we go. And it's Friday morning on Izzy and Gabby for breakfast. Time for some sports news headlines for you. Do Kennards make trade easy? Ken Oath, they do. Uh, now, uh, the Canterbury Magicians batter Kate Anderson and Auckland Hearts all-rounder Bella Armstrong have earned their maiden call-ups to the White Ferns for an upcoming tour of South Africa this month, just two years after receiving development contracts from New Zealand cricket. In a step change for the team, two separate 15-player squads have been announced uh, for the for the tour that comprises three ODIs, five T20s, starting September 24. Anderson's selection follows her most successful professional season, saw her named NZC's Women's Domestic Player of the Year and put her in line to tour at Sri Lanka with the White Ferns in July before she was ruled out with a finger injury. The 27-year-old smashed a chart, topping 536 runs at an average of 59 in the Dream 11 Super Smash. Her run aggregate more than 100 clear of the next best player, male or female. That is outstanding. Yeah, smashing it. Uh, 23-year-old Armstrong was included in the T20 series only and will replace wicketkeeper Izzy Gaze who will return home after the ODIs. Armstrong's powerful hitting and sharp fielding caught the selectors' attention as did her match winning 71 off 34 balls against Central and the Dream 11 Super Smash last season. I tell you, it's all good news for uh, New Zealand female athletes because Football Ferns goalkeeper Erin Naylor. Saw that. Just signed for Bayern Munich. How mm, good. That's a great get. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to see, because Malia Steinmetz signed overseas as well, got a hell yeah. of a contract. Yeah, Claudia Bunge as well. Claudia Bunge. Um, well, Paige Satchel's gone to London City, Lionesses. So from the success from the from World Cup, obviously, you know, we weren't there, come the, the, the treasured in, but hell of a result. That aside, we're going to see a lot more success from it. I think so. So who are our international players? you got CJ Bott over in... Yep, over in the UK. Uh, CJ's probably uh, you know doing doing, doing great things. She doing the, is she probably the most up there? Well, well known. Rhea Percival. Rhea Percival. Uh, she's at Spurs. Yeah, in the in the women's Super League. Uh, Anna Leet, who was our backup keeper at the World Cup, she's at Aston Villa. She's the number one keeper there. So like they're, they're, they're the name has just escaped me, but she was outstanding on the right edge. Blonde. Uh, oh, India Page Riley. No, or? no, she she hit the post a couple of times against. Oh yes, um, Jackie Hand. Jackie Hand, mate. Jackie she Hand. was my player of the tournament. I absolutely love watching Jackie Hand and what yeah. she loved. She she signed anywhere. She she's playing in the states at the moment. Okay. So, so yeah, no, she'll she, she's going all right, mate. We have got players playing everywhere. And awesome. We're also seeing some players start to come back, uh, not necessarily to the Phoenix, but to the Women's A League. So um, Olivia Chance, who I really yep. rate as a player, great playmaker, mm-hmm. real really good number ten, can play left wing as well. She's been playing for Celtic in the Scottish Premier League well, mm. she's just signed for Melbourne Victory so she's going to be playing in the Women's A-League this season beautiful so there's plenty going on you'd think you know with Spain winning the Women's World Cup that oh. so they'll be celebrating but it is an absolute turmoil at the moment it's a dog's breakfast mate honestly we could go into it but I think we'd need another three hours <laughs> well, we've got our next guest coming up we might have to ask him <laughs> you will, Adam, Adam Summerton yeah he's coming up we're going to talk uh, with him about the uh, Champions League draw because that was done this morning do trade deserve special treatment of their local Ken Atire, Ken Oath. They do. Time for our, our Choices Flooring Poll. Uh, now, Kez, I'm just double-checking. Is this the correct Choice of Flooring Poll that is in the script? So we're not doing the mic one that came on the text? No, do the mic no, one. No, sorry, I've done that wrong. I haven't updated that, Rick. We are doing mics. Do mics. Yeah, we're doing mics. All right, there we go. This is, this is just a, a peek behind the curtain. This is how it all works, the well-oiled machine at Izzy and Kepi for breakfast. So, the choice is flooring pole. Uh, design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. After that, New Zealand rugby... Um 
document that came out, the study uh, that came out and said, look, you're going to have to change things. If one has to go, one has to stay, what is staying for you? Super Rugby or NPC? That is our choice of foreign Paul. Those are your two choices. <laughs> Bang, straight on the nostril, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm stuck here. Yeah, because I, I want to see NPC thrive, and I think we've got a lot of players in New Zealand. I love to see our top players playing for their provincial unions because I just got good memories of the great ones running around for counties: Monaco, Wellington, yeah. you know, Canterbury, Manor two, you know, just Southland. Um, so I can see that success. But then on the other side, uh, the international exposure that Super Rugby op- offers, potentially if we do go get Japan, is huge for the game as a whole. So. I think we've got a, one or another. We're going to lose international experience. Mm. Where do we go? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough call. Let us know what you think. Head to the uh, SENZ app. Go to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and vote on the choices flooring poll there. And we'll have the results for that in about an hour's time. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring uh, Choices Flooring's Room View. I'll spit it out. Twenty-two away from eight. When we come back, Adam Summerton joins us. At 17 away from 8 on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, 0800 150 Text us anytime, double eight double three. the temper bedpost text machine. I've got plenty of texts coming through. It is roll call day every Friday. We want to hear from you, where you're listening, how you're listening, and what you're up to while you're listening. And we've also got plenty of tips coming through as well for our multi that we're going to put on a little bit later. We'll get to those shortly. Right now, though, we're going to cross to the UK, and Adam Summerton, football commentator, joins us to talk the Champions League draw at was done this morning New Zealand time as Izzy freshens himself up for the chat. Uh, morning, Adam. How are you? Good morning. Oh, I'm very good after that draw. There's uh, a lot of um, stories and subplots and great matchups there, mate. Some fantastic, um, some fantastic matchups. And I, I think we really should start with Group F. Um, Newcastle United back in the Champions League for the first time in about 20 years' time. But man, what a what a group for them to draw. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say it's one of the strongest Champions League groups I think I've ever seen, to be honest. And, you know, calling a winner from it feels almost impossible right now. But welcome back to the Champions League for Newcastle. You know, what a you know return that is to be in that group. Um, there's some really good sides in there. And I have to say, look, people will look at PSG and think, well, you know, we've seen some superstars leave there. There's a big rejig going on. There's been a summer of problems with Mbappe, but I actually take them as seriously as I have done for quite some time in this competition because I think we'll see them look more of a team now than they have done in previous years, more of a unit. Um, And I, I think they could pose problems this season. Milan have had a good start in Serie A. They seem to have recruited really wisely. They've reinvested the Tonali catch. And of course, that's another one of those subplots that was alluding to their Tonali up against Milan straight away. I mean, you couldn't... Who who scripted it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Oh, that, that's interesting what you said about PSG too, because no Neymar, no Messi, uh, but all of a sudden you've got 10 players all track back rather than eight. Exactly that. And I, and I think that's been a big problem for PSG over the years is that they've been a collection of individuals rather than a team. Um, and that has been so evident in the Champions League for me, particularly when they've come up against the top sides. There just wasn't um, enough cohesiveness for me for them to go on and win the competition. I know they went close a few years ago. Um, I think it was the COVID final, wasn't it, where they, they lost to, to Bayern. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think when you, you look at what they're trying to do there... Um, 
and of course Mbappe, the goals of Mbappe are still there. I think they'll just be a better balance to them. And for example, someone they signed over the summer, they'll perform a really important role for them in that team and, and make them more of a team. As Ugarte, who they got him from uh, sporting in, in the Primera Liga in Portugal, he looks to me like he could be a really shrewd acquisition. There's others that I could mention as well. Vitinha is there, Fabian Ruiz is there. They've got Gini Vinaldum who's still around. And of course, they, they've brought in a centre-forward who's more than capable of scoring goals on the big stage in Gonzalo Ramos, along with Mbappe. And I think there's every possibility that Luis Enrique could, could mould a really good team there. Yeah, looking forward to seeing how that group plays out, Adam. Uh, on the flip side... Manchester City, they've got to buy through to the next round, have they? That's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I said that when I saw the draw. I think that's one of the easiest. I mean, I know it won't please you with your allegiances being on the red half of Manchester. <laughs> but yeah, I tend to agree with you that that is, I mean, for the the, the holders, that is a, looks very simple progress, doesn't it, to the knockout rounds. And Of course, they played Leipzig last season. I went out to Germany and covered the game in Germany. That was one of their poorer performances, actually, in the Champions League last season, away against Leipzig in Germany. That ended in a draw that night, but they absolutely battered them at the Etihad, and I, I just can't see the likes of uh, Red Star Belgrade and Young Boys causing Manchester City too many problems. Now, you mentioned uh, storylines with Tonali going back to AC Milan uh, you know, at, at, the, at the first opportunity with, with Newcastle, and I know, I don't want to get all tin tinfoil hat conspiracy on it, but that there are so many storylines out of this draw. It make, does make you wonder whether or not it is engineered because Harry Kane goes to Bayern Munich and, of course, Bayern get an English team in the draw. It's uh, Bayern Munich and Manchester United together in, uh, in one of the groups. Yeah, it's great that he's going to be coming back so soon, isn't it? And against Manchester United, who I have to say, over the years when he was continually linked with a move away from Tottenham, I did think for a long time the club he would ultimately end up at was Manchester United. And I, and I, and I still think that he suits them down to the ground in, in many ways. And I think probably the reason, there's probably two fundamental reasons why he's not gone there. One being that Daniel Levy probably wouldn't wanted to sell to an English club. And the other, that I, I just don't think Manchester United are in a financial position right now to make that deal happen. So he's gone to Germany. He's had a fantastic start. I've seen the videos and the pictures of him over there in in Lederhosen's and drinking beer and all sorts. He looks absolutely happy as Larry out there already. I've no doubt he'll finally win silverware. And it's a, it's a mouth-watering prospect, him coming back to, to England so soon after. I, I, I like the look of that group. I, I don't think it will be... I think Bayern will, will probably win it. For me, I, I actually think they're one of the sides that have got a great chance of winning the whole thing. Um, but just watch out for Galatasaray. I know they squeaked through in the end the other night against Mulder. Mulder played some lovely football, I thought, in Istanbul. But they've, they've got a decent squad. They've invested quite a lot of money. It's a, there's a lot of experience in the squad as well. And in Mauro Icardi, they've got, for me, one of the most efficient finishes there is around, even though he's not made the most of his talents. He's not made the most of his career. Uh, he's someone who I still think can do it in the Champions League. And is, as I say, a very efficient centre-forward. There's other names I could mention there as well. Angelino is there too. Um, and of course, Will Zaha, the former Palace player, is part of that Galatasaray squad. So the atmosphere in Istanbul as well is Manchester United know well from the you know years ago the welcome to hell banners when they were at a different stadium. You might remember. So there's a bit of history there with Manchester United too, which makes that quite intriguing. Yeah, and Rasmus Hoyland when he's finally fit and and playing. Hopefully, it's by the by this time. And uh, United have also got FC Copenhagen in that group, uh, and both his brothers play there. So that's another storyline. <laughs> 
Exactly that. You know, there's so many subplots. There always is, really, with these Champions League draws. But I hope that they can get him fit as soon as possible. I saw him a, a fair bit of him last season playing for Atalanta in Serie A. And whilst he didn't get massive numbers in terms of goals, you could see that there was a real talent there. Uh, one that's very capable of kicking on at a, you know around better players in could argue a higher standard of football certainly more I think it will maybe suit his style even more than the slightly more tactical Serie A the you know the more energetic athleticism that you, you find in the Premier League I think will suit him but it is a worry for me that you know he's arrived effectively injured at United and they seem a little unsure at the moment as just when he is going to be fit it seems a quite a troublesome awkward injury that, that he's got to, to get him right again so that that will be a concern for me. Adam, appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Just going to take uh, across to the states here, and just you know, the biggest, uh, the biggest name playing football over there, and what he's been able to do for Inter Miami. Um, have you enjoyed that success for David Beckham? Probably the most uh, greatest business deal he's ever created. Like Inter Miami, I've seen <laughs> their ticket sales have gone through the roof. Subscriptions, two hundred and fifty million, because of the Messi uh, Messi effect. It's been an unbelievable signing, hasn't it? And the amount of attention that not just mm. into Miami are getting as a result of that, but just US soccer in general and MLS, it's from a branding perspective, it's been already an unmitigated success. Um, Beckham is, is taking a lot of the credit for that. And the names that they've pulled in there is, is already, you know, Busquets is there, uh, Jordi Alba's there, isn't he? So, you know, they, they've and I think it will just help raise the entire program. I was speaking to somebody the other day um, who works for The Athletic, who's just been appointed as their sort of um, correspondent for US footballers in Europe covering those. So you know, The Athletic being a US-based publication, I think that is just a little example of the, of the, the growth still over there of, of soccer, as, as they call it. Um, you know the fact that they're wanting a, a correspondent covering just the European, the players who are playing in Europe. So it's growing more and more. The you know the crowds over there are getting bigger and bigger. The marketing, the merchandising is getting bigger and bigger. And and, and Messi is doing what it says on the tin, really, isn't he? You know he's having the effect that they wanted both at Inter Miami and for MLS in general. Can, can, uh, there's a little bit of worrying, a bit of concern here, because Messi's not going to be around forever, even though we'd love for him to be around forever. Could this fizzle out? Could they keep? Can they keep up the momentum that this has created? Well, he's showing no signs of, of slowing down, is he? I mean, he's 36 and clearly, you know, at that, at that standard of football, I don't, I don't think anyone's pretending that, that MLS is anywhere near the level of La Liga or the Premier League. Um, he, he's not playing anything like the level of Champions League football. He, let's be honest, he's having an absolute field day, isn't he? I mean, he's just ripping it up every time he plays. I mean, the, these players, a lot of these players can't get anywhere near him. So, yeah, we have to understand that he, he's playing in a standard that he's way, way, way too good for. But I, I, I don't see... I mean, as long as he wants to be there and he's enjoying it and it's working for him and he likes living there, um, I, I don't see any reason why, you know, he looks like he's got years left in him playing at that level anyway. And, and I'm sure that he'll want to carry on playing for Argentina as well. And, and they, they won't be bothered that it's, he's playing at a lesser standard, I don't think, because, you know, he's more than capable of stepping it up again and to, to play for Argentina. So it just seems at the moment to be working absolutely perfectly for everybody concerns. It, it just seems to be one of those perfect storms, all things considered, as a transfer. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy with it. It works, for, as I've said, not just for the club, not just for Beckham, but for the league. 
Uh, and I think the players around him, the the, Amer- the American yeah. players around him, are, are really enjoying it as well. So it's. Uh, you know, and, and the fact that he's not gone to Saudi, which he could have done, and I, I'm sure he could have earned probably a lot more money in Saudi, um, but he seems he seems to have made a, a move that, that that has been very beneficial to him as well for his brand. Yeah, that's exactly how it looks. Adam, I appreciate your time, mate. We'll let you go. Thank you. Go well uh, and enjoy your football this weekend. Have a Cheers, good call. Adam. Thank you, fellas. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Uh, it is six away from eight here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is a minute away from 8 o'clock here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. And uh, plenty of texts coming through. Keep them rolling through. Uh, it's the roll call. Tell us where you are, where you're listening to us, what you're doing while you're listening to us as well. You've got plenty of texts coming through on that. Um, this one from Paul, actually, about the Super Rugby, saying it was started to combat the NRL and stop players crossing over. Unfortunately, rugby's an amateur game run by amateurs trying to be professional. Harsh, but possibly fair. Uh, Lots of tips coming through as well. We'll get to some more of those in the next hour as well. Also coming up in the next hour, uh, Blake Aishford, former Warrior, is going to join us. We're going to talk NRL the last round of the regular season. Playoffs looming as well. We'll get Aish's take on all of that. Right now, here's Araha with news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Johnson was lurking out on the right-hand edge, and that's where they find him this time. Johnson stepping off his left back inside. John Johnson! He's got it! He's done it again, Sean! And that is how the scoreboard reads. 30 points to 8, and a commanding win for the Warriors here at Go Media Stadium, Mount Smart. My thanks is to the number one Warriors fan in Parliament. And he, he's up there in that sound booth. His name's Colin Pierce. So, Mr. Soundman, up the wires. Tarangi for three. Go! They refuse to go away. And Jeff, that's a fantastic end. And that is going to be it. Heartbreak for New Zealand. They gave everything for the second consecutive game. It is four past eight on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Welcome in. Good morning to you. Keep your texts rolling through. Double eight, double three. We've got the roll call on. Let us know how you're listening, where you're listening, and what you're doing this morning. Double eight, double three. We've got questions to come. We've got Blake Ashford not too far away as well, Izzy. But we've also got Who Am I? Who Am I? Yes, clue number three, our final clue. We're giving you a chance to get that perfect gift with Dad this Father's Day from Chemist Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrance. you got Versace, Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein, David Beckham, like my good co-radio host here, is uh, David Beckham-like. They've got the, <laughs> the biggest range of fragrances at lowest prices, so hurry in store and shop online and find the perfect gift for Dad this Father's Day. Your final clue, I played my club rugby for the Newcastle Falcons and Toulon. All right. Newcastle Falcons and Toulon. After I heard that final clue, I got it straight away. 
Yeah, you go double eight, double three, send it through. Who am I? And uh, one of those fragrances could be yours thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Uh, we've got uh, plenty of texts coming through as well. We'll get to more of those. We've got a, uh, a, a, a spicy version of Kempi's Kicker as well. We're looking for, for bets, a four-leg multi. Yep, on keep them coming. Well. Keep them going. I've got plenty coming through. Uh, Lance Allman and Papa Moa. Morning, lads. Got a tip for you. Braves. World Series champs. Let's go, Braves. Chop on. That might be a bit long. Nah, too long, mate. <laughs> too, too, too far out. <laughs> I need something by Sunday that I know of one, please. <laughs> <laughs> and listening from Northern Antarctica slash Invercargill <laughs> at the gym before the jobs around the yard, a tip for the weekend. Raiders, eight plus points each half at 3.25. Have a goodie. Up the stags from Mark. Ooh, that's a good good one. It's Need another bad. three. Need, Need another three if you want to come in my multi. Yeah, there we go. Well, I'll tell you what, this this bloke might be able to give us a bit of a, a heads on whether what he thinks of I that one. Know. Coogee Randwick, Wombat's favourite son. Blake Ashford joins <laughs> us out of Papa Vegas. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Oh, those three years spent there to be a favourite son. Jeez, I must have done some good time in those three years. <laughs> Blakey, we were just watching you on telly, mate. You scrubbed up okay. What were you saying? You said he looked like he was in bed there, Ricardo. Yeah, well, you, I, I was watching the, uh, the the Warriors thing on with you You talking to Monty, mate, with you, all your big cushions and everything. I thought you, I thought you were sitting up in bed doing the interview. <laughs> no, no, I put about five of my couches together, mate, to make it sort of look like a bed. So um, really prom- prompted myself up good. I knew I was going to be on TV, Ricardo. So, you know, you got to, you know, put the image out there. Yeah, beautiful. Hey, Blake, we appreciate you coming on, mate. Uh, there's still plenty to go in terms of the NRL season and where teams will be sitting after last night's win from the Storm beating the Broncos. I've slipped into third, so the Warriors won't know until Saturday night when they take on the Cowboys where they're going to sit, mate. Uh, How would you find last night's game, mate? Ryan Pappenhausen, the Pap Tide is back. Oh man, how good was it? I like. I, I know we're all saying like, give them a week off because you know all the stars don't play. But to me, you, you look at look at the the bright side of it. You saw mm. Pappenhausen back in full form. You saw Far Longo, yep. who was outstanding at the back. And then you go on the other side, and you've got Tristan Saylor, who's only played two or three games this year and looked outstanding for them. I just think it gave an opportunity for us to see all these kids and know that the the game's in good hands mm. when. You know, the next gen comes up, but it was a it was an exciting game actually. It was an exciting game, mate, and it probably didn't go the way we thought it would. I tell you, I just put myself when I and Andrew Webster she was going, oh come on, I just want to know what we're doing because mm. now it's all still up in the air. Anything could happen. Yeah, but look, I I think the way Penrith have um, rested their team after Origin and throughout the year. I think that they're not going to rest now. I think that they've got the chance to go after the minor premiership, and I think we'll be versing... Well, it depends on what happens, obviously, with us against the Dolphins, the Warriors against the Dolphins, but um, Penrith, I think, will win the minor premiership now. I think their team is good enough on the weekend, and they're going to play those players. So I think they come away with the win. Just just on the, um, the way that teams have approached these uh, playoffs, they've rested a lot. Broncos rested a lot. The Warriors are resting a hell of a lot. Storm, they got some confidence back with a lot of experience coming back into their side. Are you a little bit worried, like, potentially this could trip you up? The Warriors, on the flip side, they needed the rest. Adam Fanor, Blake's been playing everything, so I'm happy with him having a rest. But it can actually derail people's team's campaigns. Yeah, it can. I think the luxury that a lot of the teams we're seeing resting 
uh, they're teams that are in the top four. So, you know, they've sort of got that life. So they're going to go out there the first week. And if they win, they get another week off, obviously. But if they lose, they've got that extra chance. So I don't know how many of the teams, you know, from sort of fifth. I know we've seen Kalen Ponga and those rested, but they're sort of forced, I believe. Um, you know, it's mainly that top four team that know they've got that extra life that have um, sort of uh, taken the week off. I, I wouldn't want to take the week off, obviously, if I was going into a sudden death clash next week. And because I think you're right, Izzy, I think momentum's a huge thing. And, um, you know, to go in there winning is, is massive. That's why we talk about teams that get hot at the back end, back end of the year seem to go on and make a little run towards the final. So um, it'd be interesting to see who out of that bottom four with no rest can challenge and what it does do to the top four who have rested. Well, speaking of momentum or lack of, the Rabbitohs, mate, they're in turmoil at the moment. There's lots going on off the field for good reasons. Plenty of debate, plenty of chat. They're taking on the Roosters. Can the Roosters really upset the campaign? At the start of the season, I thought Rabbitohs, team to beat. Now I'm like, wow, what's happened? Um, Look, I I spoke to Ricardo last week, I think, when I said, just keep an eye on the Chookies because they're coming. Mm. Um, Joey Manu's a massive out. That's huge. Um, I, I think they still can get the job done just because I think Latrell Mitchell, even though it hasn't looked so much the last couple of weeks, he means so much to that team. Mm. Um, like it's going to be one of those games where, I mean, you, you couldn't even write the script at the moment because anything can happen. We saw the last time these two met it in that semi-final match and there were seven sin bins or whatever. Like this clash is, since 1908, has been one that if you're a rugby league nerd like myself, you just tune in. No matter where you are, this is one of the games. Only happens definitely twice a year, but if you're lucky, you get it in the semi-final matchup. So, you know, these are the ones that you want to tune into, and I think there's going to be fireworks, mate. Um, I think the Roosters can get the job done, but how much does it cost them? Any sin bins or, um, you know, suspensions could cost them in those semi-final matches if they make it moving forward. I know it's not going to impact anything, Blake, but uh, your old team, the Tigers, up against Manly. Um, the Tigers have managed to pick up a win since Sheen's left. Uh, you reckon Benji can get another W before the season's done? Oh, I th- personally, I think Manly are going to. They're, they're going good at the moment. Like uh, you know, they're they're staying in games, they're fighting, and they're showing some a bit of brilliance. You know, DCE there. I think it's Jake Jaboyevich's two hundredth as well. He's going to have them lifted for that game at Manly. Um, I do like, look, Benj took over, I think, maybe a month ago in the Rabbits game. And um, they've been, you know, progressing um, with improvement every single game leading up to a win. And then, obviously, you know, last week was a bit of a, a dull moment. But um, I think they'll be in for the fight, the Tigers, debuting a couple of youngsters, which is good to see. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Manly will be too good, mate. Close the book. Look forward to next year. Benji will do his wonders when he takes uh, full control of the Tigers. But, mate, Saturday uh, night you got a big one. You're hosting with Sammy Hewitt. You're looking, filling in for Kempe, doing the big call live on here on SENZ. The Warriors taking on the Dolphins. A hell of a lot of changes. I think all eyes will be on that number six jersey to Mighty Martin. It will be, mate. It's, it's a big game for him. Look, I, I, I think... The Webby would have a chat to him and just really just fill him with confidence to know that he doesn't have to go out and set the world on fire. 
just to sort of play his own game and just get into the rhythm of first grade again. Um, because now with Metcalf out for the season, well, I really think he's he's the one to partner Shawnee to where the Warriors need to be. Um, I think he's going to get that six jersey no matter what he does um, on Saturday night. It's just, I'd, I would love to see him not overplay his hand and just, just get back the, the pace and the rhythm because it is a different pace from reserve grade to uh, the NRL and he's obviously had that layout for a couple of months. So looking forward to seeing him, mate, though, because he has got that X factor and him and Shawnee together, you know, we saw some glimpses at the start of the year. They can look very good. So it'd be interesting to see how they go on Saturday night against the Dolphins team looking to sort of get a win that they haven't got um, in a while. Yeah, mate, looking forward to seeing how to Mighty Martin, but your eyes will be on the three and the fourth number jerseys out there. You're a fellow centre yourself, mate. Rocco Berry, mate, I've been very impressed. Mm. Probably been the most, uh, one of the outstanding centres in the game at the moment. What have you made of his game, mate? Where have you seen a lot of success in terms of the way he's playing? Just the consistency, mate. The the defence has been a big plus. You know, we spoke about the Warriors, the whole team defensively this year has been outstanding, but it is so hard to defend on the edge, and especially for a young kid, it usually takes a couple of years to, um, you know, really get the know-how of that centre position and, you know, work out all the little tricks of the trait and things like that. So he's starting to improve every game, and since he's debuted, like, there was a lot of raps on him, you know, a lot of pressure coming from inside the... I believe the organisation, but you know, with Webby and the right people there now, it's just lifting him with confidence. And you can see every game, every season, he's he's sort of played. He's gotten better and better. And um, we're in a healthy position, the Warriors. You know, with Roger, you got Rocco there. You've got uh, Leotua, who you know debuted this year as well, and Adam Pompey resigning. So the centre stocks looking outstanding, and Rocco's definitely putting his hand up for one of those spots next year and doing a good job at it. Yeah, that, and that's the question I'm gonna, I was going to ask you, Blake, because this week uh, on our <laughs> sister station over in Aussie, they talked to Charles Nicol Klockstad, who said he sat down with Webby and was reassured that with Roger coming back, it makes no difference. You're our fullback. You're, we're not taking. We're not putting him back at fullback. We're not putting you to the centres. You're our fullback. You're staying there. It feels a bit like Survivor. <laughs> like he's got his torch and he's, he's gone back. He's fine. Uh, all the others are looking around a bit nervously, mate. Who, who do you reckon's uh, going to be the most worried next year with Roger coming back? Oh, it would definitely be those other three um, centres. Uh, you know, you, you just mentioned Chance has said he's number one, and that's good. I think that had to happen. Otherwise, yeah. the Warriors season might not have turned out the way it did mm-hmm. because with Chance mm-hmm. looking over his, his shoulder, not knowing what the future is, at least with it there and set now, he know he knows Roger's going to play centre. So now it's the other three, uh, the three I just mentioned: uh, Berry, Pompey, and Leotua. I would They've have got to step up now. I, I, I would have said at the start of the season it's an easy fit. Adam Pompey's, mm. you know, probably the one that's lacking a wee bit. But over the last month or two, he's made a real shift in his game too. And I've seen why he's resigned, and I've seen, you know, why they've, they've had that faith. So for Roger, they need an easy transition back into the game. He's going to have to work hard and show that he's hasn't lost much since he's gone over to Union. Oh, massive, mate. And, and I think he knows he's not, like, mm. but, you know, it's hard when you're, you're such a big name, you've done it for so long in the NRL. I think we know he will go into that centre position, but knowing Roger, he's the ultimate professional. Like, whatever he goes at, he 
he goes at 100%. So this centre position, he will be learning it probably from now while he's still playing in the NPC. So um, I think he hits the ground running. I know he starts the first um, the first week when the boys start, I believe. So mm. he'll be straight into it with them. And I, yeah, like you said, mate, it, it's it's a good headache to have for Webby. Um, it's something that I don't think we've had in a while at, at the Warriors is um, the depth in the outside backs. And it's going to be something to see next year, especially um, at those training sessions, see them fight out for positions. He's played in the wing. He's played at fullback. He hasn't played at all, really, in the centres. You've played a hell of a lot at the centre position. People think this is an easy transition into centre, but it's not. Defensively, yeah. it's different. Attack-wise, you've got to run uh, different lines. Can you see in his game... The transition, like, uh, what, what would you be saying uh, to Roger if you were in, around him about his evolution to, and what he needs to work on to go into that centre position? Well, my, my, my thing with Roger would all be around defence. It's totally different on the wing and at fullback than it would be at centre. Um, you've got to really work with your half because you see a lot of those block plays and um, a lot of the plays are shaped around trying to get to a half and inside the centre shoulder to really draw you in and create the overlap so a lot of those plays that teams draw up are really around the centers and the halves so um he's, he'd really have to sort of do his homework on that i think the attacking side of things he'll be fine with i i, I believe that with him i would sort of give him the joe manu license to be honest i would let him play like joe manu and just roam go wherever he wants don't stick him on one side of the field i think he, he's wasted there um, but yeah, defence would be the big thing for me. Uh, I think that's where they will probably train him up for whatever he needs to be done. We had just had a text through from Mark actually on double eight double three. What about Roger in the second row? I mean, I I, I don't know that that would happen. But <laughs> you mentioned Manu, Joey Manu, and we saw Joey Manu go great at six for the Kiwis. I mean, is six an option for Roger? Um, I could be. I I don't know. I I think can't kick. Look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what, it's what he's been doing at Union, mate. He only went over there to get, get, get his kicking practice in, mate. Now he's back. Yeah. Look, I don't know, mate. It's uh, Second row, I think, is a bit far-fetched. Uh, personally, I just don't think he has the size and things for it. But then, you know, me trying to say yeah. that to him, yeah, he'd probably go and try and do it then. So, um, look, at, at six, it could work. But I, I think we're pretty healthy there, to be honest, with um, Metcalf will be back. We've got Samadhi Martin there as well. You, you've got a Dylan Walker who can slide in there when we've got our forward pack fully um, healthy. So, man, look look at these players we're talking about. Jeez, it's a headache. And we're not even there yet. We've still got this year to focus on. <laughs> yeah, it's our year, brother. Let's get on the Warriors. Get up the wires. Hey, uh, just quickly before we let you go, um, any tip? Give us a tip, mate. you got something going for us. Oh. You, you're tipping about left, right and centre on other shows. Come on, give us something. Alice want to know. Um, oh, I, I think Penrith's will obviously win the, the, the minor premiership, so I don't know what they're into now with um, the Broncos uh, losing last night, but I think they'll they'll do the Cowboys, and I think the, the Manly Seagulls will get a win for Jake Jaboyevich's 200th. So not big prices there, mate, but chuck them in. I don't think they're the only two losing. The rest are sort of riddled with... Uh, Sort of Instead of Smithy's um, multi, you know, we'll give it Blake's multi. They're all yeah. dead set favourites. Dollar ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll chuck, chuck, chuck the chuck the Sharkies in. They're the three games that matter.
All right, so you got a dollar twenty-four on the Seagulls to beat the Tigers, dollar twenty-six <laughs> yeah. on the Panthers to beat the Cowboys. That's yep. actually better money than yep. I thought you'd get, to be fair. <laughs> and then uh, who'd you say the Sharkies? The Sharkies are a dollar thirty-four to beat the Raiders. Oh, you're making go. about ninety cents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get a mixed oh, lolly bag down the dairy you. with those winnings. Yeah, well, I, I do have to speak to you because now that I'm on here doing this, and then I'm obviously doing Kempy's. Uh, commentary tomorrow night. Do I get a bit of his wage, like a ten percent? <laughs> yeah, something? yeah. Oh, we'll work that out yeah. with you, mate. Yeah, we'll yeah. give you a week cut. No, if that enough. multi comes in, I'll send you the winnings. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Blake. Thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. And uh, drive Stay safe uh, and have a great call on Saturday. Eh? Thanks, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah, you too, mate. Blake Cage for there with us talking NRL. Yeah, this is some interesting games this weekend. I, I still think tonight. South Roosters is game of the weekend. That is it? the game of the weekend. Um, he, I love his comments on, on the Roosters. They're starting to find a, find a bit of form and potentially could be sayonara for the Rabbitohs. And mm. there's more problems here, isn't there? Cam Murray's just signed on. That's good. Obviously a big loss for Eddie Jones over there trying to persuade him to go to rugby union, start his career at union. But uh, in a bit of turmoil. Do you, do you think Latrell will leave the game? Because of what's going on, it's yeah, really damning evidence that's come through from the text machine. Oh, yeah. someone texted through. Yeah, it's uh, mate. Honestly, I think probably it's best for him if he took a break from the game. I I think it feels it, mm. you know not only is it bad for the game, but I think it's bad for the trail. Yeah, you know sometimes you just have to get out, get out of the spotlight, go do, go do something else, get get out, get away. Yeah, I, I think so for sure. Um, you know, like I just yeah, the passion just doesn't look like it's there at the moment, and, and he's not he's not happy. And when you're not a happy happy athlete, it's you struggle. But you know, you got to take a bit of an accountability too. Mm. And for Latrell, if he's able to get his body fit and into the best shape possible, he will be the most devastating player in the game of NRL. And I will say that right now. Well, that's the thing, you know. I, I love rugby league. I love the NRL, but some of the clubs, some of the recruitment, some of the retention, some of the decisions that get made are mm. baffling. Like I'm not a, I'm not, I'm an Eels fan, right? And that that's a whole other conversation. But from a South point of view, I'm letting Adam Reynolds go made absolutely no sense. Like that is going to be one of the worst decisions in the last ten years of any recruitment retention officer in the NRL. <laughs> Reynolds, Bennett. You know, just the list goes on. Mm. Yeah, no, there's, there's something more. Maybe they need a review. Mate, I, th- I think they definitely need a review. <laughs> they definitely need a review, mate. I'll tell you that much for free. Actually, the other one, uh, just before we get away, the Dolphins are into a dollar fifty-six. The Warriors at two thirty-five. Now, bring that up. Now, I know the Warriors have rested a few. The Dolphins got nothing to play for, mm. right? And I know it's at home. Well, it's at SunCorp, so I don't know if that's at home. But you know what I mean? It's like it, it's one of those. I'm. I'm conflicted about which way that goes, but at 235, I'm back in the Warriors. The value's with the Warriors. Do you want me to stop the Dolphins? Yeah. Get up the Dolphins. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm on go. the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> the anchor is on. It is 825 on Izzy and Kimmy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. <laughs> it is 829 on Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. And Mark, you've you've corrected me, and I, 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 I applaud you, sir, because I think that is a fantastic uh, point. Um, Wayne Bennett... Uh, I, <laughs> Marcus text I shouldn't imagine Wayne Bennett thinks there's nothing to play for <laughs> it's probably fair it's fair <laughs> Wayne Bennett doesn't look like the sort of bloke that'd roll a team out for a friendly is he? should we let the Warriors win lads okay yeah nah. yeah, yeah, yeah right, nah. Marky. well that's the other thing is there's so many Kiwis in that Dolphins mm. team they'll be up they'll be up for it 
Definitely. They want to finish the, the year on a good note. You want to go into the Mad Monday on a win? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. You want to, the feel-good factor, eh? Um, Cam's also texted through, you think the Bunnies letting Reynolds go was a bad Ricardo? How about the Seagulls locking in and paying Josh, Josh Schuster what they did? Also bringing in Luke Brooks. I couldn't believe the money I seen when I was like, Josh Schuster, obviously a famous name, but haven't seen a hell of a lot of his game. Nah. That is huge money for, for a young kid. Yeah, and he hasn't really performed yet. Mm. Haven't really seen it. So uh, keep your ticks rolling through. Double eight, double three. We're putting together a multi as well, four leg multi. Uh, seeing that Kempy's not here, and we, we didn't do Kempy's kicky yesterday. Breddy is all excited. Next week, boys, NRL playoffs, Rugby World Cup starts, Black Caps ODIs. Friday, the NFL kicks off, and I've got a feeling it's our year. <laughs> Up the Dolphins, love you tour. <laughs> Go watch that Florida Gator. Um, documentary. That's when Tim Tebow goes to the Gators, oh, yeah. and it's all about him and the team and Coach Earn. I think is it, his name is. It was. It's a good watch. You'd love that, Brady. Yeah, yeah. Get into it, Brady. Get into it. Uh, we've also got, but no who, chance. <laughs> Dolphins. <laughs> who am I? We've got a fragrance from Chemist Warehouse to give away for that. We'll announce that shortly. Paulie from Harwater. Uh, it's not Carl Heyman. All right. I know you missed the first two clues, but he's an English rugby player. Okay, there you go. I'll give you that much. He's played ninety rugby. games for England. Yeah, and six for the British and Irish Lions, and then played his club footy at Newcastle and Toulon. All right, Paul, just for you, just for you, Paulie, we'll put that out there. We're going to come back shortly with Pip from the TAB. We'll also uh, confirm the four legs of that multi as well. Right now, though, here is Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota, we're building and shaping New Zealand. Yes, welcome back. It's just after half past eight here on a Friday morning. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Well, my account will roll over tomorrow, so I'm going to miss out about on having a wee punt today. But that's okay. That's okay. And Pip Morris is going to join us to give us a little steering for our Friday morning as we head into the big weekend. She's on her kids' drop-off run, so we appreciate you uh, joining us here, Pip. Good morning to you. Early this morning. All right, Pippa. There is plenty going on, particularly in the league. Um, tonight's the, probably the match of the round with the Rabbitohs taking on the Roosters. Uh, what do you see happening? Where's all the money heading, if you're able to give us that option? I know you're in I the am. car. <laughs> <laughs> it's heading on the Roosters. 68% of them head-to-head head at $3.23. 2000 on the Roosters as well at $1.92. So they're popular ahead of the bunnies. They just don't seem to be taking any money on that match. At this stage, Izzy, on the Warriors, they are very popular head-to-head. Head, 2.35, 84% of the money is on them. $1,000 was put on the Dolphins, though, at $1.53. Oof. And the most popular power play there is Warriors win both individual halves at $6. Warriors 13 or more most popular winning team and margin option at $5.50. And I can tell you too, the elimination markets, of course, they're out now as well. The Warriors are very popular there in the semi-final part of the elimination. Beautiful. So there's plenty still to happen over the weekend. Penrith taking on the Cowboys Potentially so up minor premiers. Did you get on at the start of the season? Surely you're one eyed as they come. No, I didn't because I couldn't stop a training. <laughs> <laughs> you see them taking Every out minor premiers? 
I, I hope they can. I mean, he's putting Clary in that on, so hey, but I'm, I'll hold my breath, but I think they can. I, I'm going to say that. Right. I think they were last week, last week. They'll come back firing. And just quickly, guys, so big race meeting on, on Wanganui Guineas Day on Saturday. Shanti Lace is the best backed in that race at 280 followed by Artie Boy at $5, and it's the charm deal at 450 And I wish I win kicks off his Everest campaign yes. in the Menzies, taking 50% of the fixed odd market at 420 Got a bonus back on him if he doesn't win, but he finishes second, third, or fourth. You get a bonus back up to $50 with the TAB. Beautiful, Pippa. Before we let you go, your best bet of the weekend? Space Boy, race number nine tonight, $3 at Wanganui. Boom. There you go. Thank you so much, Pip. Have a great weekend. We'll chat to you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. See you later, bye. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18 for Kempi's kicker. You want to do the winner now? Yeah, I reckon. Let's do it. Okay, so for our love racing, we wanted to put together a four-leg multi and if it comes through, you take half of the winnings. The rest of the winnings we'll put towards Child Cancer Foundation. And I've sent, gone through all of the messages that you've sent through. And OJ in New Plymouth, you are with us, my friends. My friend. Boys, Chris Waller, play special. Ranwick, race six, cigar flick, $2.80. Ranwick, race eight, Montefilia. Uh, at dollar eighty-five, Caulfield race six, Sulkin, four dollars fifty, and Caulfield race eight, Princess Grace, two dollars fifty, for OJ in the MP. We'll put that together, and I'll give you what that will return in a wee moment's time. But OJ from New Plymouth, you are our Kempi's kicker participant, and you're with us. Do you reckon his nickname's Juice? <laughs> yeah, well, he might have to confirm that, OJ, if you send us through. What, what does OJ stand for, my friend? Let us know. Double eight, double three. But you're with us. Kempi's kicker. Let's get you paid in child cancer. Yeah, all right. Uh, that's looking good. That's looking good. I might have to jump on that myself. Uh, now, we do have a Choices Flooring Poll as well because... Obviously, the big review that came out from New Zealand Rugby, we had a lot of talk about that. We talked to Scotty Stevenson earlier this morning, and, you know, one of the big questions was, well, you know, can we keep both NPC and uh, Super Rugby? So the question for you was, um, you know, what are you, what are you going to keep? If you, if you have to keep one, are you keeping NPC or are you keeping Super Rugby? That is our Choices Flooring Poll. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. And uh, the results are in 66%. Say the NPC. Yeah. <laughs> no surprises. 34% no. Look, uh, look, for those not good at maths for Super Rugby. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised with that. I know people are dying to get the NPC to back what mm. it once was. Will we get there? Probably not. We need to have a solution that is going to allow us to still have international experience but have an opportunity for the uh, provincial units to thrive. And the only way I can see this potentially happening is Super Rugby. They are individually owned, maybe potentially going offshore and having a standalone competition that is outside of the, and then provincial unions and New Zealand Rugby going together into the same bed. And, mm. But the, the, the thing is, the problem with this is diluting our, our, uh, our numbers here, the strength in numbers. Well, we we want to see strength in, in players playing NPC. That's, that's what we want to see. Well, I think what, what it could do is it could actually help New Zealand rugby mm. in a way that if, you know, we, 
for example, you know, you mentioned you've got to play international competition. Well, there are so many South Africans and Englishmen and, and Welshmen, etc., playing their rugby in Japan. I think we need to get into bed with Japan and play those top clubs, right? And somehow work out, it might not be called Super Rugby, it might be called something else, another competition. But then I also think NZR needs to look at everything else and go, well, look, now we spend so much money trying to keep the All Blacks here. Here's an opportunity for us to keep them in this part of the world, if you like. Keep them in the competition. So it doesn't, you don't have to be in New Zealand, mm. but you have to stay in this competition and you're eligible for the All Blacks. So you can play in Japan, you can play in Australia, you could play here and still be there. And that stops the drained island and it also takes the pressure off the NZR coffers. Mm. Yeah, I, that, that's going to be the biggest problem is like if we don't have a solution here, we're going to lose a lot of our players offshore. We don't want that. That'll, that'll just absolutely put, put the NZR to bed and... Uh, yeah, look, I think change is going to happen. What that is, is anyone's guess, but people are dying out for NPC. And yep. I've loved NPC, and I think it's hugely and vital and important for the pathways for New Zealand rugby. Well, you've seen it this year, the NPC, how close it is. You know, mm. every game every game is um, is tight, so, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, fantastic. Thanks for voting on the poll. Choices Flooring, discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Up next, it's Questions. At Caulfield, uh, Stowe Storage, Memsey Stakes, Mr. Brightside, I Wish I Win, Alligator Blood, you got Aegon, you got Ossipenko, and you go down, you got Princess Grace. Drawn, number three, Blake Shin rides, Chris Wallace Stable, so good luck. I hope that gets paid. 1400 bucks and 1400 bucks to Child Cancer Foundation as How well. How good. How good. All right, let's get into our questions at 13 away from nine. Uh, Izzy, there was a, a bit of a hullabaloo for Fashion Week uh, with a bunch of All Blacks in their undies. Well done. On the runway. Mm. Um, uh, would you go on the runway in nah, your undies? never. Never. I got asked to do that. Did you? Jockey. And uh, to go on the, on the runway. And I was like, who with? Absolutely stacked players. <laughs> DJ Forbes. You got Scott Curry. You got all these Sevens players and an outside back that uh, has... A sausage body. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't going to do it. Um, Luke Romano's done it. And yeah. it's not about having the body. And I love how Jockey really embraced all shapes and sizes. Yeah. And uh, you saw, uh, you know, our very own Angus Tartavell and uh, George Bauer out there with. That's not the first time Gus has done that, is it? Nah, nah. Well, I reckon that, he just likes getting his That's right up Gus's alley. Yeah, and, right. Um, you know, Jason Ryan will be spewing his guts out over in the North Sea in that situation, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> well done. Well done indeed. All right. Who, who was the worst coach you ever had? Oh, uh, <laughs> he's not this team for sure. Alistair Cook's here <laughs> over in South Africa. No, nah, look, he wasn't the worst. It was just... It just wasn't expensive, and going from a team where they just play what they see to being robotic, it was hard. Yeah. And you could see why South Africa struggled under his reign. Um, just loved to kick, and that's England's problem at the moment. So, um, yeah, if he was able to expand his mind and, and try and be expensive with his play, it, it, it could have worked because he had great players at his disposal. And you've seen with South Africa now, when they can flick the switch yeah. and really – play two-sided attack, not just being a kicking team, they can expose teams, and we're starting to see that. You've been talking a bit about golf uh, this morning, uh, off air, with different people. Uh, so where is the best course in New Zealand? Oh, apart from my home course, uh, courses in Crossish, Pegasus and Clearwater, I'd have to say um, ah, the far Cody Cliffs. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cody Cliffs is, was pretty... Spe- I don't think it was the course itself. It was the... It was the spectacular views over um, over the north in the Bay of Islands. It was just something special. Very windy. Um, so for views, I'd say that. For toughness, I'd say Kinlock. Oh, yeah. And Topol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of blind shots. You can't really see the hole. And, um, you know, the rough is long. So, yeah, played some pretty... Sp- We're very lucky in New Zealand. We've got some amazing courses. I was going to say, I, I kind of expected Cape Kidnappers might get a mention. So I, I know that would have been local to you growing up. And oh, that's you know, pretty, when you shoot a 78 at Cape Kidnappers, it's, it's not that hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> Big dog. Big dog. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Question when. When is the best time of year, mate? What's your favourite season? Has to be summer. Yeah. It's been a pretty miserable winter. It's been wet. It's been cold. It's been about 12 months long. It's been long. <laughs> um, so I'd have to say summer. Just a good time to, to get around friends and family. You know, the longer days, you can really enjoy it late into the evening, mm. into the night. So summer, just the warm warm weather and you can... You can enjoy fire, fire up the barbie and have a good feed. Yeah, nice, nice. All right, all good. Uh, what game is a must-watch this weekend? No matter code, but what game is the must-watch Ooh, this weekend? What game is a must-watch this weekend? Oh, I think tonight, the Roosters taking on the Rabbitohs. Mm. The grudge match, the Battle of Sydney. Um, you know, a lot to play for from the Roosters. Uh, Rabbitohs, I've had a pretty big couple of, couple of days in a week, so... Sam Burgess leaving, a lot of things going on with Russell Crowe and everyone. Then you got Latrell Mitchell and Churchill, and it's there's just plenty going on. So I just think um, tonight's game, yeah, the Roosters Rabbitohs, yes, yeah, one not to miss. Hard, hard to hard to go past that, mate. I'm looking forward to that game tonight. And uh, finally, is he? You're in the studio. Why are you in Auckland? I'm in Auckland because I wanted to see you, Ricardo. Obviously, and I wanted to get a coffee. No, look, it's a big day for Beaver and myself. Uh, obviously, we're away for the entire of April, and we're filming a travel show in the south of France. Today's a big day for PR. We're going to get out. We're going to start uh, talking to a lot of people, a lot of stations, spreading the word, because our show airs on Bravo September the 11th at 6.30 at night, and uh, it's the first episode. And you'll see Beaver and myself travelling around south of France um, in a tiny little Fiat Enjoying the, the countryside. He's our historian, so you're going to get educated on certain things. Beaver's the historian. <laughs> yeah, Beaver's right. the historian. I just mate. wanted to double check. I Beaver's heard that right. The historian, and I'm on culture. Oh, so okay. we go to uh, olive farms. We, we make our own olive yeah. olive um, oil. We taste olive oil. And Beaver actually really surprised me. Yeah. He goes, because we, we have this tasting, and mm. they talk about well, what can you taste in there? And he's like, hmm. Tomato, and they're like, "Yes," and I'm tasting this. I'm like, "No, where's the tomato in this?" And he absolutely nails it. So it's kind of a mixture of I take over some of historic historic because he can't pronounce names, he can't yeah. remember, you know, what day it is. So I'm having to <laughs> chip in and say, "No, no, it's Kakason, not Kakason." <laughs> you know, so uh, it's a good laugh, and it's um, it's pretty special. So we're promoting it today. Did you did you have to spell them on the sidelines for an HIA at all in this trip? Well, the funny thing is, is I'm never going to do this again. I went and picked up the rental car and put my name on it, so I was the only one allowed to drive. Uh, it was a lonely drive, over 2,500 kilometres mm. along the south of France in a tiny little Fiat, mm. talking to myself. Because I look over and my mate's snoring <laughs> the whole time. If you want to see Beaver sleeping with the GoPros in the car, that's what you're going to see on this show. Beaver sleeping. I'll tell you what, you ever wondered what's up Beaver's nose, you'll get like, plenty oh, of opportunities. Oh, mate, he's a horrible-looking sleeper. Yeah. Honestly, he's like... 
you know, <laughs> mouth open, dribble, big nostril, um, and but I, you know, I try and trick him and put on the brakes, and he gets us lost, mate. We go through the top ten most dangerous road in the world, yeah. And you look down the right side, hand side. There's about a hundred and fifty meter drop through cl- uh, caves. So these people, they knocked it with hand pickaxes and. Lost a lot of lives through the side of this cliff, so it was pretty crazy. Yeah, real crazy. Looking forward to that. And you're on the project tonight at 7, yeah? On the project, yep. Big day of PR. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that. All right, it is 6 away from 9. When we come back, we'll catch up with Smithy.